Hi everybody, Phil the Issues Guy. This podcast is brought to you by Amazon.com. Start all your shopping on Amazon with our link, Amazon.com slash shop slash Phil the Issues Guy. Doesn't cost you any extra, and if you start all your shopping with that, it helps us out a little bit on each of your sales. So if you want to help out the show in the easiest way possible, you can do it by starting all your Amazon shopping at Amazon.com slash shop slash Phil the Issues Guy. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Westworld Season 2, Episode 8. Welcome back. This is the first time. Should I try to recreate what I was saying before? I'm a little bit tired today, and this is my tired situation. Wow. Holy crap. It was. It was awful. It reset everything. Reset all my settings. Bring yourself back online. I have to bring the robot back online. Game of Thrones dancer gave us a super chat donation while I was starting spinning the wheel for you. Thank you for liking or dealing with my technical difficulties. M is partying in Atlanta. Just wanted to stop in the shout out to Phil in the motherfucking chat. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Men in Black got another Ek Machina moment tonight. He, there's a lot of stuff going with, on with the Men in Black. We'll, we'll get into this. As I was mentioning before, this episode had a lot of elements that I definitely liked about it. Uh, at times, I liked the back half of the episode better than the front half, but the reveal at the end almost made the whole journey through the episode worth it. Very fun. Another great episode of Westworld. What's awesome about this season and what I was saying when you guys couldn't understand what I was saying at the beginning when I was hacked into by the Delos executives in the and I forgot to welcome the live motherfucking chat here <laughs> I can't wait to watch that back with the silence uh if this is the podcast this is the silent movie podcast I think I could I think I could do that like let's see rest in rest in peace audio people <laughs> Game of Thrones dancer, amazing episode, great episode, agreed, I love this episode, real technical difficulties suck, Tom, I just saw your message uh, during the technical difficulties, yes, I'll message you later about that, but that would be an amazing help, uh, great episode, the writing was amazing tonight in Westworld, Maeve, hey Phil, king of the north, the alpha regions, Ben, the motherfucking knee. Yeah, and what I love about this season of Westworld is you just don't know what kind of episode you're going to get when you come out. It could be very action-heavy, it could be a little bit more of a mental mindfuck, or it could be something like this that there's not a lot of, oh, what's happening here in this episode? A lot of it is what it appears to be, but it was well done, well written, well, well acted, whether I was completely invested in the character or not, the acting performance and the familiarity of the world that we're in with everything being similar and can relate to all these other different characters, having this focus on this one character that we've never really or we've seen before, but got a got to take a deep bath in it tonight was just exceptionally well done. As I mentioned the back half of the episode was obviously stronger than the first half, I think, but that was intentional. It was to lull you into, okay, the repetition of this, is you know what type of story this is, you think you know what's going on this whole time. And then to do that reveal at the end with the Maeve situation, because you, I kept asking myself, yeah, we're talking to Maeve's daughter in this episode, but why do they keep flashing back to her in the bed? And I thought it was, at first while watching it, I'm it didn't make a lot of sense, but then when you see the final conclusion, when you see the cat being put on the ball sack, 
wait, the cap on the ball. The cap on the pen. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little in slow motion tonight. That's what you guys didn't hear at the beginning, which is hilarious that this happens to be the night that I have real technical difficulties and you see the si- the silent podcast starts. I said at the beginning I'm a little bit in slow motion today. You guys want to see uh non-excited Phil? This is me not excited. This is me on a down day. And that's how excited I am for this episode of Westworld. And I like how Dolores got referred to as Deathbringer. We have a new, we have a new name for Dolores, and we got the whole, uh, we got a Splenda moment too, where uh, we're we're the dude. Um, I'm not gonna kill names tonight. I'm gonna call him Dude. When the dude brings his girl out to the out to the landscape, and that you look, he's like, look at all this Splenda. Holy fuck. Phil, how's your head? Drunk walk home was hilarious. Good to see you're upright. That's uh, what he's hinting at there. Last night I did a quick live stream walking home for three hours drunk under complete host control. I liked it because Delos wasn't in it, except for we had Charlotte for that brief moment and we got to see the slimy tech guy that was trying to hijack Maeve's powers there. So we got a little bit. I think we got just enough. It wasn't necessarily Delos-centric like the episodes we had last time. Oh, there is a live motherfucking chat. Uh, Lon said, the episode was so good. I liked it better than the Shogun World episode. I liked it better than the Shogun World episode too because as mu- because we're completely embracing new characters in this one. In the Shogun World episode, we had some familiar faces there so it could still kind of hold true to the narrative on some level. Whereas in this episode, we... For most of this episode, we were dealing with a character we've never really interacted with before, and it was completely unique. And again, I, I'm a fucking broken record with this shit, but you never know. Westworld is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But it's true. You never do know what you're, what you're going to get in an episode of Westworld, what kind of episode it's going to be. And... It's always going to feel like a Westworld episode. I know that's a cliche. Like, like all that person's music could be, it's any kind of song, but it all sounds like an Elvis song or something. But it's true. Cliches are cliches for a reason. All these episodes feel like Westworld, but they all feel very different. And I think we're seeing a lot of people in the live chat right now after the episode airs. Let me open up the live motherfucking chat here and bring them into the conversation. Uh, So many, oh, I see a lot of people saying that this was one of their favorite episodes. Someone might say episode four was their favorite episode or, or or the X episode or Y episode or we know analysis somewhere is saying Shogun World episode was his favorite episode. Every everyone has that that kind of connection to different moments in Westworld and it's a different fucking kind of show. It's just it's like one moment will have me sitting with a dog making out to a uh, making out with a dog. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the next moment we might have uh, some dude playing a drum very quietly. It's so fucking interesting the way it's all over the fucking place. Oh, my goodness. I am waiting for the running of the bulls moment with Maeve from the original trailer. I forgot about that. That is going to be fucking amazing. Steph Snow, great to see you. The actor is getting work. He's in Longmire. I loved it, but I was afraid everyone would hate this sudden new journey learned. I was thinking that as well, and I was thinking... Okay, this is what I this was this is what I was thinking, and uh, everyone wants to know the age-old question of what did Joe think? What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did Joe think? What did Joe? What did Joe think? Was it good or did it really fucking stink? 
Actually, I don't give a crap what you thought about this episode. I just needed to distract myself for a second to go let the cat in. Uh, I want Charlotte to eat it so bad. I do too, and I think they're building it up for... I don't see her getting out of this season alive, or I'd be surprised if she gets out of this season alive. I think that will be our biggest satisfying moment, because I guess she's the closest thing we have at this point, in my perspective, as a villain. She's gotten to the point where I see her on screen, I just want to uh, choke her out. If she came in in that Maeve scene, and we'll get, we're going to talk about that when we break it down later, but it just it filled me with all sorts of rage. Also want to mention, we do have a voicemail slash call in line tonight at 781-990-8509. If you want to get your voice in the conversation, you can call on in. That number should work for a call-in number as well. We're going back to the old, old school way we did calls for a while. So if you want to call on in, uh, 781-990-8509, or at any point in time you're watching this, you can leave a voicemail. Uh, Johnny says, this episode touched me and my soul is black and dead. It's amazing how much I could care so much about a character after 10 minutes. Westworld is a show that's so broad due to its nature of the narrative. Excellent point, Nicholas. And that's what makes it a great show. And that's the fear I think a lot of people or I had, I shouldn't say a lot of people, the fear I had going into this season, it was they shot their wad. You know, you have that one-off with somebody that one night that's just perfect. It's a perfect fucking night. Can that night be recreated? And you can't try to recreate the wheel. You can only break the wheel like Danny. But no, you, you need to try to be natural to the story you're trying to tell. But also with a show like Westworld, I think it was a smart plan for them to not try to recreate that same kind of thing. To definitely have mysteries, and they have the mysteries mixed a lot in with the timeline stuff this season. But I don't think it's as cloak and dagger-y as season one was. And I mean, that's my perspective. Some people could think differently. But I don't think, I think you're having to push a little bit for the mystery and the Miss Cleoness of it all of this season of Westworld where last season was all about that shit all about that shit dig digging deep with this a lot of this season is you're seeing you're just trying to put together all the pieces that they're showing you but I think they're actually giving us a lot more where with Ford's discussion last week and a lot of moments where you just see things they think a little bit more clear this season's all more about has action and more character self-discovery choices that the that the hosts need to make to see what kind of fucking individuals they want to be. If they want to dance the Irish Jigger, if they want to uh, drink SpaghettiOs for, as a cocktail. What am I talking about? I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about. Sizemore made me want to cry for real. Charlotte, I'm more evil than the Men in Black. She will try to use Maeve and Dolores as feared. I agree. I think Charlotte's, Charlotte's subscribing a little bit to, for non-Game of Thrones fans or Game of Thrones fans, Little finger, the chaos is a ladder kind of thing. It's uh, chaos is the ladder. I think she's doing a lot of that type of thing, and she's using different ways that the hosts can interact or fuck with things to her advantage in any way possible. I wonder what the heck Emily Grace is going to do to the man in black. I think she's gonna heal him and try to and thinks of him as in the way that he has a game. I think. Her game is to, is fuck you. You're not going to make me hate myself forever for hating my dad. You did that for too long. I blamed you for my mom. You let me do that. You led me out of this situation. Now you want to fucking kill yourself. And I'm going to blame myself my whole time for never fucking trying. So I think Emily's modus operandi in my balls 
Why can't I just say something normal? Her her whole point of existence. Her whole point of existence, I think, is to try to save her father for herself. For herself, I think she's doing it for selfish reasons, but. It's that that's a good reason to deal with people you fucking can't deal with. There's certain people you're so connected to in your life, you need to come to grips with shit. Otherwise, they're letting you take you take you down with their bullshit boat. Their boat. Yeah. They're they're sailing you out on the sea of depression, and they're gonna sink you on that sea of fucking bullshit if you allow them to do it. And I think what she's doing is saying, You're not gonna allow me to do that. I'm gonna fucking love you, and I'm gonna hug you and love you and call you George, and I'm gonna save your ass, whether you like it or not. And I think that's where her mind is at in my in my uh, in my impression. D, yes, I think because she didn't really have to say much. I think her reactions. I see why that character, why that actress was cast now, the little girl that plays Maeve's daughter. I think she definitely does reactions well. I think her. <laughs> I'm such an asshole that I'm analyzing a child's acting this much, but I think uh, I think she's better when she doesn't have to speak. Her her. Physical acting is better than her vocal acting, if that makes if I if I said that in a nice enough way. But you're doing an awesome job if you ever watch this. I am such an you're doing a thousand times better than I could ever do at that age or now playing a five year old. I couldn't do it. Uh, Steph says the only thing that was a little disturbing when uh, when it, when Atachi got up. Akachi got up and walked around and nobody was anywhere to be found. He made it into the cold storage. Yeah, where was uh when he walks back in you see you see a figure in the background there and, and I was but it's actually a host or a, no one's watching that. The whole area is on camera, but Maeve got away with it last season and he gets away with it. It's a cool scene. I love the discovery scene. It was a good visuals, good a good callback to the Maeve scene from season one. But there's a few of those moments happening in this season. A, the man in black is still walking and not actually dead when he got shot clearly in the chest several times last episode and was mad, mad destroyed and fucked up. So, but no, he's still going. He's still going. And also some of some things like that. Nicholas said, the first season is such an epic narrative that stands alone, but it had a cliffhanger that didn't feel like one. Nicholas is dropping some serious awesome shit tonight excellently said right there and the fear is and that i wonder is if one second caller your volume's turned down i'll, I'll put you on in one second uh the fear that i had going into this season was were they going to try to match that were they going to try to go ridiculous go the lost route and they didn't they're actually going in they're going inside and they're expanding it from there and also going to the action point so it, this season seems to be backed off with serious character analysis and deep character work mixed with some serious fun action. So it's it's a, it's a really happy balance for me. And I don't know when this is all said and done. I would have thought that I'd never say this, but I think season one might be the perfect flow of a season. But I don't know. I'll have to decide when it's all done which season I like better because this season has me even more grilled to my screen and like excited invested but I'm also hyperbolic as shit so uh so everything's as good as the as I am in the moment but let's take our first caller of the evening uh you can always call in or leave a text at 781-990-8509 here we go area code 317 317 who are you where are you calling from hey fellas it's me 
Nicholas again. Oh, hey, what's going on, dude? How are you? I am actually doing great. I I spent all day downtown at Pride, so come down from that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's great. But um, yeah, season one set like a really good foundation for the world, and this season is more like a mind fuck because they're because you're exploring the characters inward, but you're doing it in like a flashback trippy way because of the, the the music they play when like dude when they like do the scenes with Bernard like really messes with me it's, it's like oh yeah that's when the music but, um, gets that's when the music gets really crazy science fiction futuristic sound like Batman Beyond or weird it's it gets dun, dun, nickel, dun, dun, nickel, dun, this like weird sort of like machines destroying everything kind of sound with Bernard and it's, <laughs> it's almost this creeping this creeping disaster coming with all of Bernard's music and I, I it's a very good point and it's each character like, like in this episode you just had all these all this music that was very, I almost called it Hans Zimmery, I think a couple times in my notes, this wide world, this wonder, or seeing things from that perspective, and then it shifted dark. It was great shit, great shit. Oh, yeah, this, this episode was very, very meta with the um, Ghost Nation. It used Dude, because I'm not trying to butcher oh, yeah, your name either. Yeah, I mean, dude. <laughs> <laughs> to um, explore the Ghost Nation narrative that we've been wanting to see since we first saw them. Like we didn't like we didn't get much of an explanation, but we got we finally know why the symbol was everywhere. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing about this show compared to any other show that messes with mysteries and crap like that. It's this show has a track record now, a a proven fucking track record of answering the questions that it asks. It doesn't let things hang for seven seasons. It doesn't it. It sets up questions, it answers them, and then it asks more questions. And that's one of the things that's really awesome that I think a lot of shows that try to set up these weird mysteries and mindfuck things don't always get. They don't get that they have to answer that. If they answer the questions, don't introduce more stupid shit. Make it keep, keep it interesting. Keep it on edge. And I think they've definitely done that. Oh, yeah. Westworld is complex enough that it's hard to describe to someone who's never seen anything like it. But yet, once you watch it, you know what the fuck's going on. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Very well said, man. Thank you for the call. Definitely feel free to call back in if you're inspired to. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Later. Good. Awesome call. Awesome call. House Sanchez. We got House Sanchez in the live motherfucking chat. We got Bernie the Blunt, who has officially changed her name to Bernie the Blunt. I do appreciate that, Bernie. That's fucking awesome of you. <laughs> Making my life a little bit easier. He would be burning up with fever by now. Yeah, the Men in Black, it's ridiculous. The plot armor of the Men in Black is kind of ridiculous. I'm trying not to let it bother me, but those things are definitely out there that... Westworld's also a show, and I am, I'm blowing its horn, I'm down on my knees, I'm gobbling up the nuts of Westworld and, and enjoying every single minute of it. But it's not a show without the ability to rip apart if you want to. It's there's a lot of room. They they give you a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of leeway, a lot of rope to hang to hang yourself on Westworld. Many conversations I've had with Joe, and it's not. And I say this a lot. It's not a show for everybody. But if this show is your kind of food, if it's your brand of tuna fish salad or whatever, if it's your brand of food that you just know about, you know about this restaurant, people don't fucking like it, who cares if you're like, oh, come, come, you got to eat at this restaurant. No, I don't want it. I don't want too many people eating at that restaurant that I might have to wait to sit down sometimes. But 
So I appreciate that this show isn't for everybody, but the people that are drinking the Kool-Aid and kind of walk past the graveyard, whistle past the graveyard and things like that, there's a there's great payoffs, but I'd be lying if those things weren't noticeable. The the plot armor and the man in black, some of uh, some choices here and there, uh, and they're worth pointing out. There was a few throughout, and I think it's mainly with plot armor stuff or Ford's magic power type stuff. But I, I'm definitely I'm definitely drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm in for the ride and uh, but it's very very true he was laying like a dead person riding a horse for six hours he should be fat he should be dead <laughs> infection yeah it's uh he, someone said it before he jumped into the magic water that Arya had her what if Men in Black is a host Dolores took two bullets without dropping that is a theory that is out there I tend to not subscribe to the Men in Black is a host thing but f- fuck man fuck man I mean I mean, he's he's still going. The energizer, energizer, Men in Black. There, Men in Black hit by low velocity non-shatter ammo with a bleed out is essential. Danger, danger is infection. So that is true as well. That the bullets can, they're different. Perhaps it's different kinds of bullets that don't have the same penetrative power of laser shoot, Larry. Wait, wait, wait! Strike that. Reverse it. Don't have the penetrated power. I'm such a dirty bastard that I can't say words like that without getting all uh it's cuz we got we got snappy sanchez we got the the word sanchez makes me feel dirty. <laughs> Have you talked about the heart-shaped box yet? Not yet, but great to finally hear that. We heard that in the trailer earlier in, before the season started. Really awesome and I think that was a good callback to the Maeve scene that we got in season 1 with her walking around the state the lab area as well and great stuff and th- that guy did an amazing job acting in the way that sometimes I wasn't paying attention to the to the the subtitles and I was just kind of trying to take in what was happening in the scene <clears throat> they've maybe ghost nation gave him some herb or something I know herb always makes me feel better Game of Thrones dancer <laughs> I sprinkled out on all my sandwiches <laughs> they treated him off screen He's literally a Billy Badass. Enter Sam and never mind. Never mind that noise you heard. It's just a face into your bed. In your mama, hear your hurt. Exit wound. Enter the man in black. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, that's rookie mistakes. I'm sure you will get into this, but why was Ford sculpting the Indian surrounded by a bear? I think because he's try- he was trying to uncover the whole reason why the maze was showing up everywhere. I'll talk more about that when we break down the scene, but I think that's what was going on there. That he, ch- that he was looking to see where it was, or maybe he was sprinkling clues to kind of set up his plan. And that's why he brought the dude in on his plan in the future. As in, when I die... When I die, hallelujah, bye, oh, bye. <laughs> when I die, uh, go into action and and start filling out my start filling out my plan. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, why was he sculpting them? Uh, I'm terrifying. I like body planting. It's used for mourning. So Akai Ake is the Walking Dead ish. Steph Snow. I I think he was looking to see if they had the maze. Yeah, Game of Thrones dance. Same said it a lot more succinctly than I did. I got to get out of here. They're talking Westworld. Got to run. Run, Sanchez. No spoilers for me. Catch you in the hangouts. Great to see you. Thank you for popping on in here, buddy. Corey Mitchell, he was shot with cotton fucking candy bullets. What the hell? 
<laughs> I think we're down to I think we figured it out. You shot my cat cotton candy bullets, Corey Mitchell says. The Madman Marts. Hey, hey, Phil. Great to see Madman Marts in the live motherfucking chat. Holy fuck, yes. Birdie the fucking blunt. I love it. Broke Blackman the motherfucking feels with this episode. Oh, it, it is real. Very real, broke. Nicholas says the slugs aren't huge. You could shrug them off, but you Oh, you could shrug them off, but you need them pulled and the wound to be stitched. Yeah, the whole tenor was a feel magnet. It really was. Hey, hey, motherfucking chat and broke VFW war or VF warlord is <laughs> is Mave is Mave going to be recycled? No, I think I th is Mave the dude recycled. I don't think so. I think. What was going on in that situation was Maeve was using her psychic Jean Grey, Professor X, uh, host powers to tap into Dude. I'm calling him Dude because I don't want to destroy his name. And tapped into Dude and was talking to her daughter, comforting her daughter through using him. And I don't know if he was controlling her the, the whole time or not, but... I'd have to rewatch the episode. It screams for rewatching, but I think that was the reveal. People can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I thought happened. Sanchez, I got you, Phil. Sing Metallica. My work is done here. <laughs> you can, I can leave now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We got some friends sprinkling over from Fear the Walking Dead. Fire the writers. Fire the writers. <laughs> Join us on the dark side here, Fear fans. We're okay. <clears throat> And I'm a little hungover today, Casey Atheist. I'm a, in a little bit of slow motion. This is this is me slow tonight, folks. So slow that we had uh, technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. Please rewind to watch some really awesome stuff. We got a new sub. Thank you for the sub today. It's too fucking awesome. Thank you, Steph Snow, and thank you to everyone that has hit that like button and helped spread the word about the channel and watch the show. So let's not waste any more time. I babbled enough. Enough foreplay. Let me see what my penetrating powers is like here as we get into our recap. I'm thinking that The Walking Dead's had some uh, cotton candy zombies for the last couple of seasons. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man, I didn't even get close to that assumption, Phil. Oh, man, uh, is the Native America the wife who is decommissioned? Fear the cotton candy bullets. I mean, the more dangerous than zombies at this point. I think the reveal was the hosts have free will, but Ford made a broad-ass plan. Uh, Steph Snow is here. Tim Gersh is here. Re motherfucking cap. Maeve is a hot whisperer. Oh yeah. Fucking recap time. Woohoo! We got Tim. We got Cammy. I'm not sure if I said hi to Cammy yet. Hey, lots of love to Cammy. Who's always spreading the word about the streams. Lots of love to everyone that is in the live motherfucking chat tonight. Joining me. Oh, I hit that. I was so late on the uh, motherfucker there. I was like, live chat, motherfucker. <laughs> um, see, I'm, I'm, all, I'm a little off tonight. A little off here. 
Oh, thank you, Steph Snow. <laughs> thank you. I'm uh, I'm a dirt a not so dirty hippie today. This was a shower day. So <laughs> Excuse me. So, no cold open. We did get Anthony Hopkins in the opening credits though. Oh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Sorry. There was a uh, there was a burp a coming. You know that middle area in between. <laughs> mm. There we go. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. They, I, silence doesn't happen often on this stream. It's maddening when it does. Wait. If I stop talking for like two seconds, it makes me feel really weird because I'm always talking. But no cold open. Ed Harris, Anthony Hopkins is in the credits as well. Pete Easy in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see Pete Easy. And we got Helen in the live chat too. Hey, everyone. Oh, Logan was okay tonight. Yep, he's tripping on something, tripping on the sun. <laughs> Broke black man says, not going to lie, Ghost Nation leader's wifey was looking hot. <laughs> oh, I know. Poor Logan, man. I felt so bad for him. Poor dude that had to be on uh, being the Iron Fist. I feel so bad. No, was he in the... Was, wait, wait did, I, did, did I get that right? Was, was he in the Iron Fist? No, but I felt really bad for that dude. <laughs> I, I totally did. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, the silence is maddening, especially especially in a one-person podcast. If there's even a moment of silence, that pause, at least here in this show, because of the how much I oftenly, oftenly, oftenly is a word for me tonight, how, how oftenly I talk. I want to get a t-shirt that says, I talk oftenly. <laughs> but she's super beautiful, as Bernie the Blunt said. I'm still waiting for the scene of him, Logan, talking to his dad by the pool. She was from Twilight. Oh, that's why I've never seen her before. Connection has been sketchy. I am back. Great to see KC Atheist back in the live motherfucking chat. Steph, did you see any fix? Oh, pictures of Phil at the con, the one who fatally stole the show. Oh, thank you, Cammy. I looked like I looked like a Nigo. I'm gonna add a Nigo Montoya up there for a second. You stole my butt up. I've had to die. Okay, so no cold open. We open up on the man in black's hands as he's crawling through some dirt to go to that magic stream that saved Arya. He's uh, still holding on to life after being shot and fuck all should be dead. But he's talking. He's talking to himself. I figured out the audio clip situation and maybe next week I might have a little present from Tom himself as well. But let's, let's do a little play here. You're not dying here. Not you. I spy with my little eye two Twilight actors, says Mel. Sorry, Mel, I add a little little uh, extra to your comment there, as I tend to do. I read words and they're never even there. Take my heart with you is what the chief's wife says. Maeve repeats it. Remember in episode six, the chief came to Maeve and says, your path lies with me. Thank you so much for everyone in the live motherfucking chat. I, it's like in Batman Forever when uh, you can't kill Phil. He won't learn nothing. So I appreciate you guys helping me learn something. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, <laughs> Broke. Broke is broke is killing it in the live chat. Everyone is. Oh, you guys are so fucking awesome. So we open up to the Men in Blacks. He's, he's still holding on to life after being shot. Fuck, he should be dead. He talks himself into survival. He talks those bullets out. But apparently laying... Uh, He's apparently laying almost dead, but Ghost Nation guy comes up and looks down at him, kicks him, wakes him up, and speaks to him. Stay. 
I never learned it. Whatever tongue Ford saw fit to give you. He's such a dick. I never learned your stupid fucking useless language that's just some made up language like Ithic. Hit the guy, hit the give, hit the gee, but the god, hit the gee, to the guy, in hit the gee, the god, put the god, get the cast. Hit the guy, hit the game, get the gook, to the goo, you the goo. It's just some made up language like that. What did. Phil just started speaking in tongues. What the hell's going on? I wonder if there's going to be one person in the entire time that listens to this podcast in the history of its existence that's going to understand that stupid language that I just spoke. But we'll see. You win the magic prize if you can understand what the hell I just said. Nicholas says, the human body is durable as fuck. It's designed to get beat up and keep going. Bernie says, uh, she, oh, Leah, uh, uh, Warlord's uh dude wanted Maeve to come because he knew she was awake. Also, I think she says take my heart because he was talking taking her daughter and keeping her safe from her. The actor's abilities to be still deserves an Emmys. And I think there's so much if there could be an award for ensemble cast as a whole, Westworld would destroy it because there is no real star to this show. There's not a single actor. I mean I guess you could simplify it by saying it's Maeve or Dolores or something, but it's really not. It's much more of Westworld, the world, the the parks, the the story is key on this one. That's why in some ways for the HBO comparisons, I view it as, I know people think I'm ridiculous with this, like this generation's wire where it's not about a single character. It's about, that was about Baltimore. This is about the story of Westworld. It's not, you're not always focused on one character at all. It's all over the place. Especially this season where every episode, it, it seems like almost every episode's been from a different character's perspective and from a different, and not in a lost way where it's, this is this character's story in a way that the shift in the narrative focus of the fucking episode is from a different character's perspective. It's freaking awesome. And you don't see it that often in a lot of shows, even shows that pretend to do crap like this. Westworld, it's become someone else's episode. I think it was last episode. I'm blanking just because they all blend at this point in the season where it was Delos's episode for most of the episode. You still saw other things, but the ma major focus of it was Delos or the Shogun episode or the Dolores, a few Dolores episodes that we've had or the Maeve-centric one or the Man in Black-centric one or the Mr. Delos one. It, there's so many different... And I don't know, it, that's one... Even more than the story itself, the narrative device that they use to tell you. So again, it's... you never. The, the Forrest Gump box of chocolate thing, you never can tell what you're going to get every week. It's one of, the, one of my favorite parts of this, mo of, of this movie, of this show. Of this fucking movie, dude. I love this fucking movie. Gobbledy, giggity, googity, goop. I thought Phil glitched out for a moment. Yeah, I did. I totally glitched out. I, I suddenly had an acid flashback. So has anyone noticed the Ghost Nation guy was like, death is a doorway? Does that mean the Men in Black is actually a host? It's funny. Death, death is a doorway. Isn't, wasn't that Vigo... Vigo's last words and uh, before his head died in Ghostbusters 2 death is but a doorway I'll be back <laughs> someone can check me on that but I think uh, that's a Ghostbusters 2 line there Corey Mitchell if you type anything Phil will read it no matter its relevance I will I'm like Ron Burgundy like that I can't help it if I look at words I have to read them and I read them without interpreting them first <laughs> take a shot every time someone mentions the door what door broke what door the combination of the writing and acting does it. It does it even more than the storyline. It 
this narrative of the whole story is interesting, but especially this season, it's it can you could say that it's simplified on some level. It's more about it's more about the journey with this fucking show. With this fucking show, dude. Maeve's daughter can remember but isn't aware of who she is. She's like not knowing when when you are when you do your hippie stuff. I agree, the actors are outstanding, all of them. I'm sorry, but Maeve's daughter is awful, so Steph's now. Fuck Phil, why you mentioned that L word? <laughs> I mean, lost perverts. <laughs> okay, fair enough, Steph's now. She's cute as a button, but the acting may not be her jam in the future. Is Logan detoxing? We're, we'll get into what Logan's doing, D, but I think there was a passing line where he says that sons made him trip out, but it's, it's, uh, so Logan's supposed to have been in the sun, so he's got sun, he's, gone crazy from lack of water and 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 anything else and uh sun poisoning or something whatever is uh lost is (laughs) lost pervs i mean the cage scene is pretty hot uh so that's what kate did so uh well she's better than carl agreed they didn't give her a lot of lines and it was noticeable and i and sarah great to see sarah in the live motherfucking chat i think they work towards the the girl's strength in this episode by having her not talk. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm attacking. I'm attacking. I fucking no. I'm not attacking. She's a she seems like a lovely person, and I have no problem against her. And she's serviceable in that situation. But when you see season one of Game of Thrones, when you see Elijah Wood as a kid, or even Macaulay Culkin as a kid, or whatever, certain when you see kid actors that are good kid actors. It's or fucking Corey Feldman when he was a kid or something or or Sean Austin. There's a difference when you have like real good kid actors and some and a kid that's just servicing a part in a moment. And just it's I wouldn't be saying it if the acting around her, everything else wasn't so fucking awesome. And it's not even taking me out of it. It's I I just agree with Steph in the live chat. I do. It's. She's not my. She was my favorite part, and I liked her in this episode because she because she didn't talk. But I'm an asshole. I'll get, I'm gonna stop attacking the kid. <laughs> At least they didn't cast Enid. Yeah, exactly, Corey Mitchell. It could be worse. They could have cast Enid as the daughter. <laughs> Logan overdosed. It was nice to get some backstory on Ghost Nation. Wow, I can tell Corey Mitchell actually liked this episode because there's that that was like I I love you, Corey. You always make excellent comments and awesome points, but that's so like stri- that's like the straightest, uh, most uh, on the level comment I think you've ever made. It's just nice to get some backstory on Ghost Nation, and you must you must fucking love this episode, dude. But no, it was it was really good to get that. It was something that we needed. And Omega Omegatron says, "Yep, that Phil that was Ghostbusters too." Uh fuck. Alert, Logan gets some screen time, some sun time. The meta-narrative is explored from various POVs because it relies on juxtaposition of the values of various groups at this point. It's more about the duos and their interactions than about the overall storyline. Absolutely, Nicholas. Uncle D, is it me or all the best TV shows have a door symbolism in some fashion? <laughs> what door? What door? What door are you talking about? Uh, when it gets to tweet tweens it sucks men in black informed daddy dallas that logan had died from an overdose did we ever find out what happened to the host in cold to the host in cold storage i think they're lobotomized on some level right aren't they i don't know it's good to see that they cast the middle child from family matters as Maeve's daughter the kid out of lost in space was awesome uh Corey mitchell helen says oh helen says the kid out of lost of space was awesome even if uh Stranger Things isn't your thing. The um, the actors in that, for the most part, I think are pretty good, especially uh, Bobby Brown, Millie Bobby Brown. 
Game of Thrones is different because they're all forced to become adults. Hodor. 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 William Zafka. Ralph Macchio, of course. <clears throat> One of the the best around. That's, that's, uh... So anyways, we're not attacking her per se, just commenting on her character portrayal. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. If you're watching this later, as we, as Joe likes to point out, of course they're watching us later. If you're watching us later, you did a dandy job, young lady. Here, here's, here's a cookie. So I think for next season, Logan should just randomly show up tied to something. Where in the world is Carmen and Logan? No, I could, Logan San Diego. Okay, I, I was going to go Carmen, Logan San Diego, but I missed one. Where in the world is Logan San Diego? Hey, what's going on, Jay? Great to see you, buddy. Uh, Tom himself, I was disappointed in Ghost Nation, dude. All mellow and shit. I liked him better when he was a cold-ass nutjob killer. The girl in the tale was excellent. It, And that's the thing. When you get a good child actor, it, it really – it's – it's harder to do that. So I don't want to make it seem like, oh, yeah, there's, there's good kid actors growing on trees over there. They should have got that kid over there. That, that was the good one. It's tough. It's tough. And you get sometimes you just get the mad. You run to like magic situations where a kid really works in a certain role. So it's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do it. So, okay, let's continue. They wipe the data, but there's just corrupted in the process. What if actually William that died in that bathtub just just so oh, we're gonna say Webster <laughs> just some dude named Webster what if what if it's actually William that died in that bathtub you mean instead of Jim Morrison no I know what you're talking about I guess that goes again to the whole is the man in black a host I tend to not think so uh but we will one thing that's been done for sure on Westworld, if there's a question to answer, if the Man in Black is a host, we're going to know sooner rather than later. They don't fuck around with reveals. They're not going to carry through long things like that into next season. I think we're going to get a lot of answers in these last two episodes, at least in my impression. <laughs> What's my? This is my impression of me. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I turned it on during the sex scene and I'm not okay. Uh, really, really difficult to watch. They should have at least cast Clancy Bound as Maeve's daughter. Why? Because he's fucking awesome. Uh, Brooke Blackman, someone I'm assuming when the joints of resistance, they wipe the data and there's corrupted due to the process like a hard drive. Oh, hard drive. Sorry. <laughs> someone said sex and hard drive. It's, it's all mixed into one one nightmare. Oh, okay. Here we go. Let's see if I let's see if I can do this. Phil, it's couldn't send it on Discord. I got that, Tom. I am going to try to open that up in a second here. I may need a few minutes. Uh, next time, just send me the photo. Just send me those dirty photos of yourself, Tom. Next week, just automatically send them right when you get them so I can get them before the show and set all that up. Mm-hmm, baby. <laughs> just send me those dirty photos, Tom. I guess we should go watch the show. It's almost 1.30 geographical issues. Well, no, stay and listen to my show. Well, I'll get, I'll get through this thing. I'll do it. BBM is a host. Jay, pretty fucking bad. Uh, the worst thing that happened to me is there was a bug in my operating system, if we're going with Westworld themes. And last night when I got home from that walk, I ate a half of half a pizza really, really quickly. And I got the hiccups for the last pretty much day and a half. Uh, so I, I stayed up all night last night, so I didn't actually sleep. But I was up all night hic hiccuping into the morning to the point where Stephanie had to sleep with earplugs in. 
because <laughs> I was hiccuping all night. And I was hiccuping right until about an hour before the uh, I started podcasting. So right before the episode started, they sort of stopped. So they may start again. <laughs> so Jay, to answer your question and go on a complete random rant. Yes, this morning was interesting. Okay, K. Rich says, or Corey says, can you imagine Christopher Walken cast as Maeve's daughter? There was a ghost in nation. There were scary motherfuckers, and I smuggled it in my ass. <laughs> it wasn't a bad episode, but filler just saying, says Jenny. The big mind fuck will be the Men in Black's wife will be alive and a host. Birdie, that scene was awful. Nicholas, if the Men in Black is a host, I'm going to throw my phone through my television. <laughs> thank you as thank you as always, Steph Snow, and anyone that has hit that like button. Please do, and if you haven't already and you're watching, hit that subscribe button. BBM is a host. I really want to see Dallas go full Ramsey on Charlotte. Dolores go full Ramsey on Charlotte. I hope it. I hope. I hope we get to see that too. I really wanted to see that a couple of episodes ago as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be a few spoilers. I, I, I can't control myself. I'm. I can't. I can't not do spoilers. So. Here we go. So but apparently he's going to lay dead here. And he goes, I remember you. He kicks the man in black and says, uh, man in black's like, I don't know your stupid language. And this was all from this first scene. And he says, I remember you. Then that should be a, a regular drunk walks with Phil the Issues guy. Uh, it's, it's very possible. I want to do a lot more of those. Uh, I had so much fun on vacation doing those live streams. So I might do a lot more from my phone, random streams anytime that I'm a, a little drunk and go on random walks. They, okay. So they take him to his village. Let's listen to the sounds from the village. You're just going to let me die now. You could have kept riding. Ultimately, what he says there, just to translate, is he says, uh, death is a passage from a brutal world. Ultimately, he says, you're too fucked to die. You're too much of a dirty asshole. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill you. Let you die. So we spot Maeve's daughter too who's watching and looking into his soul with fear because because he, she truly fears the man in black because of the memories. Then we cut to Maeve and her happy flashback, the memory of a better time. Or bullshit time. Maeve is happy and it's he's, she's with her daughter talking to her daughter. Talk to the daughter. What's this? The ghost gave it to me. He said it's a warning. He said it would be watching us. Every step you take, I'll be watching you. So we start to get a little bit more of a backstory about how, well, we'll get to that eventually. So then we cut to Maeve in her happy flashback. We find Maeve. She finds a rock. The girl says the Ghost Nation guy gave it to her, and it's a war warning they'll be watching. We then flash to Maeve on the stretcher with Sizemore, and he's trying to get her fixed. But there's a back and forth with this new tech guy that's a dick that's sort of Charlotte Smithers. And there's a little back and forth as Sizemore starting to feel the weight of what he did by calling in Delos when they were out in the field. 
Out in the field, I say. Along down there. Then leave her in the hall. We've got 50 hosts in the queue for analysis here. Everything else goes on the dumpster. You want to check her code? She's the madam from the Mariposa. Yeah, good for her. No, no, she. <laughs> okay, Stig. Out with her in the park. Shut the fuck up, Stig. Bring her up here. Are you aware that they all just tried to incinerate her? She can control the other hosts with her fucking mind. Giant stops all what they take. You just check a data stream. Tried to fuck with Sizemore. I hope your balls will break. Trying to fuck with Sizemore. Do 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 Clear this out. Get me a scalpel. Sure thing, Mrs. Charlotte. <laughs> Lock this place down. Okay, so uh, so he basically does say he will take care of her. So uh, he cuts back to once once Sizemore again. Thinking he's trying to help, but Sizemore is sometimes too dumb to talk. And he just he just says shit he shouldn't say and then realizes that he went too far. As he's starting... I don't know. I guess it's just a matter of a couple of days. And it's one of those weird things with television shows when it's not super clear about timetables. That maybe all of this is happening in the matter of 24 hours. So it's hard for somebody to completely understand and conceptualize what's going on. Especially when you're a little cocky or little whatever you would call size more not cocky and secure like just self-absorbed is a better way of saying it so it's tough to maybe look at the whole perspective of what's happening but ultimately for us because we've known what was happening with the hosts for two three years time wise it's for me sometimes when i'm judging size more on his quick quickness to make decisions some of his decision making and not understanding what's going on or his not taking it seriously at some points I'm using all the time that I've known about this I'm taking my baggage into it I think that happens a lot in movies and television instead of trying to really understand where the character is coming from I'm thinking about me in that perspective and what I know the information I know and he right now is just sort of starting to put the pieces together and realize how special Maeve is. I mean, he's done it over the course of a few episodes, but those few episodes are probably a day and a half. I don't know how much time he's spent with Maeve. So to me, it seems, oh, this has been a, so long, a season. But it's probably just been a day and a half or something. Corey says, just curious, but does anyone know Maeve's daughter's name? I don't think she even knows it. I think it's just Maeve's daughter. I, th I really do. Thank you, House Sanchez, for jumping on in the comment section. If you, I know you're not listening, but hopefully you'll share your thoughts while you're watching this. Awesome. Great to see you. At first, I was pissed that Sizemore snitched. It was the only way he could have got the guy to fix Maeve. He just didn't know what he would do. Then again, why not find Felix? I wish Felix... And where's Hector, too, I have to say. Uh, and uh, awesome that you're checking on in from Smokescreen. Lots of love to Smokescreen and James. And uh, good vibes over to those dudes. And uh, and uh, Steph, is, Steph, the dude, is like Kyber, and He just ain't gonna, going to look in her head. We need Maeve's team, the two cats and the three soldiers. Yeah, we need all of them together. Corey Mitchell, it would be in the credits. It would probably be Maeve's daughter. You should give the wheel three spins where three super chat donations is that drunk vlog type stuff. 
you don't even have to donate to get me to do that, Jay. But I, but I'm down for putting, uh, making some prizes, putting some special marks that if you get the three marks in the super chat, you can force me to have to go outside for half an hour or an hour drunk walk. <laughs> Good suggestion, man. The quest with Hector and Snake Dragon and Felix is going to look for Maeve. BBM, that's so fucked up, but you're right. He seems like a bit of a sadist. What did, he, what, what did BBM say? Steph, yeah, dude's like Kyber, and he's just going to uh, he's just gonna look in her head. Oh, gross. He's, he's creating his own mountain host that's going to have all these powers. <laughs> like that dude in the Flash. He just, he's just going to like just take all the powers of like Siler. He's just going to rip into someone's brain. Wait, I'm confused. So is this after Dolores' shit show went down or before? Before, right? Before which shit show? The shit show of killing Ford or the shit show of blowing up the mainframe? I think it's before the mainframe. Before the events of the last episode. Yes. Or maybe right after the events of the last episode? No, right after the events because the Men in Black's already been shot. Damn. It's fucking crazy. It, it's tough to keep track of these timelines, and I'm getting confused just talking about it. But let's get through this episode, and maybe we'll start to make a little bit more sense. No, I mean, when you were on that drunk walking, three people gave super chats. Oh, so you should spin the wheel three times for them. You just want to see me get drunk, Jay. That's two episodes without my uh, sexy cinnamon roll Hector. That's not okay. And, uh, okay, so we go back to Ghost Nation Dude who comes to Maeve's daughter and asks if she's afraid of him. Are you scared, little girl? Are you afraid of me? Yeah, it's after, because she ran into Maeve on the way to do the thing when she stopped and said, and sees Maeve on the ground shot. So, yes, it is after. Thank you, Corey Mitchell, for the clarification. Motherfucker. <laughs> He can't hurt you. The cookie you are Yuxuya. We are Kiki and Che. Me, you are. She answers with her eyes. The men in black, he can't hurt you now. He asks if she can remember all the lives they lived, and he says, I can. So we go back to a woman who wakes up to a flower, and we get the voice over, and it seems to be dude's wife as they exchange loverlies. It's a, a new word. And he kisses her face and she's lucky but sad. They live a nice life as he tells her all the, as he speaks about these were the, these were the salad days. <laughs> Before, sorry, they, they had family around. They were all the same, the same life continues. He could not imagine life without all of his family members. Then he found something that changed everything. We follow him walking as he hears gunshots and screams. He comes around to a town and sees the horses running to follow the gunfire. And he finds himself and to see all the people dead with everyone. He sees Bernard, sees Dolores. He walks inside the saloon and he finds the maze, the little, ma the little hand uh, maze thing. And a fly on his hand, which was which a really well-acted fly. I mean, that fly... Whew, that fly is the best acted fly since Karate Kid 2. And the music comes up. Really awesome music. So go back off to his village where he's all about the maze. He's sewing it in his clothes. He's drawing it everywhere. He's bringing it up. He's like Kal-El on Krypton before Krypton explodes. Superman, spoiler alert. Where he's just like, everybody, everybody, we got to get the hell out of here. There's, there's fucked up shit happening. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Like, like weird shits are happening. 
but no one's listening. And it starts some little conflicts in his village where his first command is basically goes to his wife and says, dude, uh, oh, dude's crazy. Dude's fucking crazy. What's, what's with everything with this fucking maze? I don't fucking give a shit about this fucking shit. <laughs> Lots of kittens to strangle Teddy. That's what Dolores is doing. She's, she's somewhere finding kittens to strangle Teddy. It's beautiful, but love means suffering. It, I, I was going to go real deep and dark there, D, but ultimately it's true. <laughs> it's true. Allowing yourself to love something and get that deep is putting yourself in a position to hurt. You know, there's some sadistic quality that I love my dog. I like, I really love my dog and my cat. I have like my 19 year old cat that's sitting right next to me right now. 19 years ago, I got, I bought a future depressing day because <laughs> I decided to love a cat. You know, uh, it's whatever. It's it's it's. I know uh, you guys don't tune in here for that kind of discussion. So let me uh, let me let me do something to cheer up the mood here. I need, to, I need to cheer up the with that with that level of depression. I need to I need to I need to cheer up the mood here and and wear a goofy hat with Mickey ears or something like that. Oh, hit the hick, hi everybody. Oh, hi everybody. I'm here to cheer up the mood on behalf of Phil the Issues guy. He's a depressing motherfucker. Oh, hit the hick. Yeah, he is. I'm really excited for King. I'm really excited for Kingdom Hearts 2. I mean, 3. <laughs> Just for you, broke. <laughs> okay. I feel better now. I feel better. Much much more happy. The wheel landed on... Spin again, actually. So spin that shit again. Oh, there was lots of junks. Couldn't she just kill puppies instead? <laughs> the maze is designed to be a Native American design in real life, according to the showrunners. It landed on Phil Drink. Yellow is Phil Drink. Phil Drink. Mm. There we go. I fucking drink. Uh, <laughs> Yay, host penis, full contact sword fighting. Imagine how badass it would be to not be killed for 10 years in that world. That It would be awesome. And in it just being able to survive and be away from the narrative and start to learn and go go about it's a different way to consciousness that he got than some of the other hosts and that's why i think that's why this story was more interesting to me than the shogun episode because in the shogun episode it celebrated how similar that journey in Shogun World was to the characters that we knew in Westworld. I mean, there's other stuff going on there, but, you know, the one-for-one one where we had the Hector, we had the Maeve, we had all the parallel characters. Where in this episode, it was something like we haven't seen before. A different perspective in the main narrative that we know. A, just a different focus. And I think that's what made this more compelling to me than the Shogun episode, which I did not like it, but it it didn't didn't engage me in the same way that this episode did, if I'm being honest. Uh, his his wallet says "bad motherfucker" on it. Salute. And I love how the redhead in the '80s high heels storming it and shutting it down. Facts, Phil. This is way better than Shogun World episode. Don't kill me, analysis. Analysis. No, how I was I was treading on that too. You know, analysis is one of my. Uh, <laughs> One of the one of the biggest supporters we have. I don't like to piss him off. I already broke his heart once with that with that Zelda and Timo bet going on. So uh, lots of love to Timo out there, wherever you are, my friend. 
Nicholas says, love is the best kind of suffering. Usually things when you love, you risk suffering. I'd watch that kind of stream with you as a host. Oh, oh to do a, do a stream just talking about that stuff, talking about love and suffering and that kind of stuff. I've often thought about doing a more serious, streamy kind of podcast thing. You know, still myself, but talking about that sort of bullshit because <laughs> of because uh, of the roller coaster ride I've been on it's 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 fun the perspectives you need to do to keep treading sometimes and and keep going in and out and in and out and in and out in many ways in and out makes you happy so anyways lots of that shit okay I wasn't emotionally connected or visually connected to the Shogun episode and that's the same thing this episode dealt with some simple themes that are very easy for a lot of people to deal with love and loss i mean i could say that's every story but i think this episode directly deals with a love story thing that pretty much anyone that's been in a deep romantic situation that hasn't worked out or you lose something uh or or had someone that you care about that you've lost in ways that don't make sense or whatever even had a friend or a puppy or a fucking cat or a little pet worm that you really gave a shit about and someone stepped on it when you were young and it horrified you forever <laughs> why'd you have to do it uncle bluey but <laughs> but whatever oh my goodness i appreciate it but this was way more my jelly jam exactly that i would say the same thing Corey says Shogun World was just kind of slow and really didn't add a ton to the plot. Nice twist, but I think a lot of Shogun World doesn't really play into the overlapping storyline. It was more of a wink and nod of look how similar, especially the way the episode began. Look how similar but different these two worlds are. Look how, oh, we got a Maeve, we got a this, we got a that, we got a wiffle ball bat in someone's bum. Why, why do I... Why, why do I do this? Well, I have a... And then I'm going to like play this, and then there's going to be this ship... Sorry, my dick on got turned on. Tom himself, it's Adel's fault for hyping it up. It fell short. This had more depth in the Shogun episode. Shogun was visually appealing, like a really good long music video. Well said. <laughs> love you, Timo. Hashtag fuck Zanza. <laughs> Lots of love to Timo working an awesome new job down uh, and very, very busy with the new job, but sends all of her love to everybody. Last time I got a chance to talk to her. So uh, lots of love to Timo and she sends it right back to you guys in the live motherfucking chat. So we go off to the village where he's all about the maze. He heard the voice and he realizes he, he lost his wife many times. We see two techs working on him and we see things from, where is this fucking thing? We see things from a different perspective. Let's see. What's his problem? He get bored of his exquisitely dull pastoral existence. I guess that was just for beta. They want something more exciting. Bum or penis or or balls or or something broke. <laughs> when I feel like I'm being too serious for too long, I'm like, yep. And then I put, then I slapped him in the bum bum, bum bum. And opening. Like a little more bloodshed. Ford wants a total narrative redesign. You kidding? All new dialogue trees. Eh, they want a strong but silent type. Something brutal, dehumanized. They probably want the guests to feel better when they're kicking his ass. Who the fuck is gonna help me rebuild his entire heuristic base? They haven't even hired a full team yet. Just tweak his aggression. And de-address pieces of his current build you're not keeping. And leave all the old shit in there? We Joshua only on ya. Ashe So we see the redesign where he's now more of a badass and warrior and less of a lover. He's off killing folks. Uh, kicking ass, but he he feels 
Oh, and he says, we had no fear. We were a force. We destroyed our enemies. They feared us. We see some awesome visual shots of him fighting on the horse that looks at something. We see beautiful landscapes that change to deserts, and now he's in a desert. And then he feels the presence of others. He finds some dead horses, and he also finds out there everyone's favorite character that's been disappeared has been disappeared for a while. A good naked Logan. Let's listen to this Logan stuff and break it down a little bit. Otherwise, you're gonna be drown, drowning. Walk, walk. Did he say? Oh, I want to. I want to break this. Fuck this. We're we're going. We're going deep on this one. Otherwise, you and me drown. Otherwise, you and me drown. Make me cough, fall out. What? Dibs, dibs, dibs. dibs? You're calling dibs? Logan's calling dibs on something. What? what what's? Who's dibs? You can't call dibs, Logan. Fucker, go fuck yourself. <laughs> when he's saying fucker, go fuck yourself, what he's really doing is he's transitioning on a code that equals the Delos's in impression of an alien species that's coming down from planet Mars Bar's lollipop Melmac, and it's which is similar to Melmac. It's a moon on the southern coast of Melmac, where instead of eating cats, they eat they eat. Well, get this. They eat crickets. The whole planet just eats crickets. It's a weird sort of thing. But it's an alien invasion from that planet that I can't even say the name again again because we're so in the looking glass here. So this code that Logan is saying right now is the true answer. They're the numbers. He's saying it. This, this is the answer. This is the driving thread. This is the mystery. Breakdown video coming this week. I am going to break open the theory crafting bullshit of this fucking Westworld. I'm breaking it down right here. Fucking no video needs to come out. Oh my god. We're, we're within the looking glass here, people. What's up is down and down is up. Wait. What's up is right. What's right's left. Uh, what I don't care. But we we made it. Yeah, people say. Yeah, uh, I can see. I can come up with shit too. I can come up with shit too. Cricket eating aliens. It's all of them all along, Jenny. Don't let don't let don't let all this other madness fool you. We know it's all secretly the cricket smelling aliens. Mm. I know. I know. They think I don't know. I know. <laughs> so let's continue <laughs> Bernie <laughs> Sorry I can do it too <laughs> uh, You should know if Alf landed in China He would have been fine And uh, let's turn this into uh, You know you're pretty pathetic when Ghost Nation is like We're gonna kill you but uh, um, Have a blanket instead We're not killing you <laughs> Excuse me Mr. Ghost Nation Did you see my pants? So, Logan has lost his shit. He's on some weird trip saying he was in the wrong place. Please help me. And uh, this, the this, dude, dude comes and gives him a blanket. This is, is, is an illusion. Dude. So, Brogan's... He's going all naked Jim Morrison in the desert here. <laughs> there's got there's, there's to be a way out, out of here. Where's, where's, where's the door? Where's, where's... I would love if the Ghost Nation guy said, what door? <laughs> where's the door? What door? Out of here. This is the wrong world. This is the wrong world. You're the wrong world. The wrong world. And he talk. He eventually talks here. Let me let me 
turn down the volume a little bit. He talks about how Logan has gone mad in the sun, but he says your kind will come for you eventually. Logan smoked some angel dust and got butt naked. Logan is flashing back to his trip with William. The sunstroke fried his brain. No wonder he overdosed. Like this kind of isolation drives most God, men mad. It's not a trick. It's an illusion. A trick is what a hooker does for money, Michael. <laughs> Sorry, Bernie. <laughs> Thanks for the Arrested Development setup. <laughs> it's not a trick. It's an illusion, Michael. A, tr a trick is what a whore does for money. <laughs> so Logan is uh, is going mad, but he, they, he eventually comes back here later and Logan is already gone. He heads home and felt different, but didn't realize he'd been there before. But then he says he sees his wife and is triggered and gets the memory of her. He loved her in his old life. Some dude basically is like, don't go near her. And... Uh, the bizarro him, you know, the fake shadow version of him. And he'll say, I do it. I'll do what I want. They said, listen, get out of here, you stray. And he remembered more of a very, he remembered past days. And then we see that this is all him talking to Maeve's daughter. At the same time, we see Maeve being worked on and the Ghost Nation guy is doing some more killing and ass kicking and lots of good drums and music. Then he feels, uh, he feels bad. He has a flash of his wife and he does not kill a guy. He tells his buddy to finish it off as he has some business to take care of. So he goes off, he goes back to the desert and to look to ask Logan some questions, but excuse me, Logan is gone at that point and he rides off looking like the desert in space balls with the sound of dink 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 then, then there's Herman and Sherman and me. Okay, so <laughs> let's continue here. Let's zip through this here. So he rides, looks in the desert, and it looks like space balls. And then he found a new... Oh, he went and found a new... A new oh, he, went to find, he wants to find the newcomer and find Logan, but Logan's gone. He goes on the road further than ever, and he finds the weapon... In the valley beyond, we, he ends up seeing that, and he also sees a door there, and he says, this is the wrong world. So then he goes and tries to leave his loop. First, he goes to kidnap his former wife, and they're on an, an excellent way to start a situation, but it's an excellent little kidnapping adventure. And he washes off his war paint, and she's watching, and then we see him... Uh, help her off of the horse, and he comes towards her with a knife, but just to untie her, and he says, listen, I know what this looks like. This is, see, this is what I have to do with Stephanie every day. It's like 51st dates. I'm like, I know what I know. I, I'm weird. I'm a weird, strange dude in your bed. But listen, let me explain. <laughs> but no, let, let me explain. We're totally married. And this isn't a kidnapping. I'm like awakening you. And not the Robert De Niro movie. No, I'm awakening you to, to figure out the situation. I need to let you know. And she remembers it's not it doesn't take her too long to sort of be triggered to get her a reverie and remember what's going on here. He says that it's not the world we belong in. He found a way out. He's going to bring it to the valley beyond to try to find the door and get the hell out. They look out and they see and they go, wow, so much splendor. But the door is hidden and he knows he couldn't, but they can find it together. She's like, fuck yeah, new lands. Let's do it. And then they go out. The music goes goes out. This is the part where I said it was a little Hans Zimmery in the music. And it's just cool that this 
sound designer whose name I'm not going to destroy, but I know who he, I know who I'm talking about, and you know who I'm talking about. He knows how to adapt his style. He has a style, but knows how to really get the right music for the right scene. And this felt like maybe a different composer to this section, but that's awesome that he can do that and break outside of his comfort zone and give the scene exactly what it needed to set it up perfect. And and I don't know, I just I thought this was a really I noticed very much how much I love the orchestration in this particular section. So they are sitting and they're talking about lifetimes of loves and remembering. And then they talk and he says, trust me, the door is real. Again, a lot about doors on this show. They're, they're definitely going with the door. Hodor, 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 Hodor. The next day, more voiceovers and we're free and they found us again. And oh, we finally got some, some more audio. That's Bavia's problem. They find they find his wife. It all comes crashing down as QA finds his wife while he's off on some going to the bathroom or taking doing some shit. He chases after, but then he's trying to figure out what to do and he can't do shit. He goes back to the village and hopes she'd be back there. He sneaks in to look at her, but nope, she's been decommissioned and it's somebody else. He says. Uh, he he says uh, he keeps talking to the girls. Oh, he took her. I needed to keep her on the path and follow more of her. He searched out. Oh, so he searches all the different paths in town. He was an easy target to have to fight for his life. Okay, so we see him basically go on walkabout to try to find her anywhere he can, and we see that he ultimately puts himself back in situations with other hosts in in danger situations and gets attacked a lot. But he doesn't die, as we find out later. And then we see that what connects him to the little girl and why he keeps coming back to the little girl is because she saved his life in a moment when he when he really needed it. He gave her some of that magic. She gave him some of that magic water that the men in black's been drinking to uh, to heal. But no, he she took care of him and gave him gave him help when he needed it. So he always is going to try to help her on some level. But on my darkest day, have a good night, Mel. Help me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Omegatron. I, I appreciate that I'm not alone. You guys are with me tonight and with me always. I am very fucking lucky. Thank you so much for popping on in, Mel. Have a great night. You saw me for all I really was. Let's go back through. Jenny, it's not, it's not what you think, Hodor. Hodor, Hodor. Security is mostly in the park, not within the Mesa. Everyone in that damn park just ignores their job other than Elsie. It's very true, Nicholas. No one's noticing anything. His head was asking to be scalped. Uh, it's not what you think. Totally get a 50 first dates vibe. I It felt like that. It's he, I kept I wrote that in my notes several times. He's going to have to 50 first date his situa situation right up. <laughs> that sounds like trying to recruit people into a cult, Phil. <laughs> hey, shh. You're ruining you're ruining my you're ruining my thing, Nicholas. Shh. <laughs> BBM, we've already seen workers spend most of their time getting freebies off the host. Milt, I'm waiting for the host to do a cover of We Are the World at the end. <laughs> That'd be great if this all ends up a a song and dance number. Hold the fucking door. Daddy issues is a troop or emotional baggage. Good night. Phil, you still got two more wheel spins to do, asshole. On that note, moral of the story, find a partner like Elsie. And find out what Elsie puts in her hair. So he says, uh... <laughs> Aw. 
Thank you, Nicholas. He says they look at her again and and, oh, and keeps talking to the girl. They Okay, I already said all this shit. He searches out all the different pa- parts and the little girl helps him out. Little girl, you helped him out. He goes home and his family is completely gone. The girl's old mom is like, where are you? Where are you? And she realizes that she changed her daughter. Oh, and she's like, Okay, so the mother starts to realize that her daughter's changed out too and she has a vision of things that need to happen. And the more he knows, the more he finds her, the more he's on his own path. Uh, see, some of these notes are weird because I was trying to write down what I was reading in the subtitles. But he notices some more cowboys. He gets stabbed and he needs to look. Okay, so he runs to the other side of things. This is an alpha host. So he eventually gets stabbed by this dude. He gets he gets put in front of these two people. And one guy's going to shoot him, but someone comes up and stabs him instead. So he gets brought to into, into be serviced. And a whole big thing happens. But he decides that, but it was, it was on purpose. He only died because he wanted to die. He decided that he looked everywhere across this world. That, now I'm actually being able to read my notes. He looked everywhere across the world th- that he could tell, and he could not find his wife, so he realized that maybe she wasn't here. She was in the other reality. So he decides to let himself get killed to go into the dreamland, and he gets himself killed and stabbed, and he gets in. We find out that he is an alpha host that's been alive for almost a fucking decade. Let's listen to this. It's him. There's no fucking way. That's not possible. You have to call the boss. I already did. Ma'am, I think there's been a mistake. Just show me the profile. Akichida, Ghost Nation, found exhibiting aberrant behavior. JD, great to see you, buddy. Let's see if we can sort this. It's not pairing. What build is he? Alpha 2. Alpha. You're telling me that this host hasn't been updated in almost a decade? We only update them when they die. Put him back. Ma'am, shouldn't we... Give him the update and put him back wherever the fuck he's supposed to be. Quietly. Nine years out there in that meat grinder. It's okay to just leave him here? It's a four-hour update. You want to babysit him? We'll come back up here. So this, um, excuse me, sets up this. Now, I still think I liked last season with Maeve a little bit better, but this was a, such a fucking great visual scene, too. And from a, in a different way and seeing a different part of this area. We get heart-shaped box, and he's on the loose. He takes the escalator down. And I said, like, the Maeve scene last year. This is his path around Westworld as this very cool music number. He walks around, eventually comes to butt storage. I mean, uh, genital storage. I mean, cold storage. And he walks around, eventually finding his wife. And he's so excited, he goes and kisses her. And he's getting ready to take her home, but ultimately realizes that she and all the rest have been lobotomized. He also sees his first-in-command guy, <clears throat> And he breaks down, and it's 
he finally saw behind himself. It's if he says my he says my pain was selfish because it was never only mine. He just sees his friend there too. His sadness because it, it was only mine. He sees his friend there. His sadness goes to anger fast as he finds his way unscathed back to his chair. There was some guy was no one was watching. I wrote no one was watching him. But I love how in that moment when he's feeling the pain, he starts going, my feelings are selfish in this moment. I'm not thinking about what she's gone through, what all these other people that are all these other hosts that I'm around have been through all these, all these other people, all these, I keep all these other hosts have their own adventures, their own paths. Fucking great shit. And then we go back to, he goes back to sleep and to update for four hours. Then he is uh, he's back and he says to the mother, "I found your son." And he gives her the uh, the Dothraki braid that he cut off because he beat him in battle. <laughs> and he uh, and uh, and there's uh, he holds her and they were bound together. And we see Maeve again and she looks in bad shape. Sizemore comes in and Sizemore's uh, apologizing to her and with her alone. And this is kind of a moving scene as well. I don't know if you can hear me. Well acted by Sizemore, and even though, even though Thandy's just sort of sitting there, you can see. Especially, this is why I can't wait to rewatch this episode with the knowledge you get at the end, because I want to see at what point Maeve starts to. Maeve is doing her whole thing through this whole situation, and obviously conscious of everything going on around her. So, let's continue. I never meant. Yeah, it's a it's a Nirvana song from In Utero, Heart Shaped Box. For any of this time. Hi. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna destroy the song. <laughs> you don't deserve this. You deserve your daughter. Aww. Uh-oh. To mother Uh-oh. Teach her to love. What? To be joyful and proud. What, Joe? What the fuck? Motherfucker! Do I really give a shit? Yeah, Joe, I really give a shit about this guy. Fuck you and your motherfucker! Okay, I love you, buddy. Okay. Okay, you go You go hang out with Lotus. Go hang out with Lotus. Better call Saul's on in August. Fuck you! Oh, I know. I love you, Joe. But come, come on back. Come on, buddy. Make sure. <laughs> see you next week. We'll find we'll find something for you to do. What do you have to What do you have to watch this fucking show, Phil? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. It's awesome. I fucking love it. <laughs> Joe's hanging out with the Lotus over there. Sorry, sorry. My co-host occasionally pops up on scenes that I know he'd hate. But but anyways, I I love the scene. I thought it was. I like Sizemore growing. I like Sizemore becoming a real boy. And the the process. His character reminds me a lot of Julian Brashear in early seasons of Deep Space Nine. And I I look forward to seeing him develop because I don't think his character's going anywhere. I, I have a feeling he's in he's in it for the long haul, so to speak. But 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 I do hope uh he keeps developing as a character and to see him start to become a real boy is it's kind of fun. I'm sorry. Can't be in here. What the fuck happened? You were supposed to fix her. She's one of them. And I forgot to mention, when you come in there, Maeve looks like 
someone said it or was it Ian that was saying it earlier? I, for, I forget who said that. Uh, he was, and I, I'm, I apologize if I'm not getting credit to the right person. That ultimately this dude's like Kybert here and is enjoying hacking into Maeve and just like ripping her. She looks in worse shape now than she did when she first got brought in there. Body blessets. DJ Woon Woon, great to see you in the live motherfucking chat. What the fuck did I just watched? yourself you said you were special the anomalous code insider was we're still testing but it looks promising <laughs> one uh, that's one hour and 26 minutes that's how long it took for the deep space nine reference and if you're counting at home drink motherfuckers <laughs> tom i gotta i i have to figure out a way to sneak it in there every episode somewhere needs to be one <laughs> that's my uh that's that's my thing tom <laughs> I owe you. <laughs> What's gonna happen with her? Well, Lee is an idiot. I mean, Sizemore is, he has a decent heart. He's an interesting character, the way of like pissing on things last season. And he's a fun, ridiculous character, but he, he allows people to use him so easily. And he's not, he doesn't have good three-dimensional thinking ultimately here and it just gets used by smithers here i'll be up to charlotte hale now felix would have made a better incision on mave than this fucking quack yeah this kyburn wannabe is just a fucking yeah he's a sick prick this he's like if going with the simpsons thing he's dr nick hey everybody <laughs> this is dr nick i do have to ask you to Yeah, you need to get you need to get out of here because I need to masturbate because I'm having too much fun ripping apart this device, and I need to call Charlotte in and and uh, and lick her toes. Yes, ma master, I've I've uncovered the secrets of the Mave toy. Come here and see what I'm doing. I call it the Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> okay so Sizemore looks really upset because he caused most of all of this and he leaves her he leaves uh he leaves that dude leaves smithers there to his uh bloody mess then the the g oh the ghost nation guy i'm like gn what's a gn the ghost nation guy continues uh that he spent the rest of the time looking for the maze him and his buddy talk and and he says it means you can true the, the maze means you can truly see. Then we see him kill his friend or does does he basically yeah, he kills his friend. Then we see the man in black coming and we see things from the ghost nation perspective with uh, the daughter situation, how it can be misunderstood. He wa he wanted to warn the little girl of danger and give her the truth, watch over her day, day by day, and he drew the maze outside of her house. Maeve comforts her daughter as she says uh, you, don't worry, we'll be careful. Nothing bad can happen to you. There's nothing and no one in this world that will ever keep me from you. Three promise. minutes. Three minutes I in heaven. This. Three minutes in heaven is... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. When, I get an idea, when I get a thought, I need to finish it. Three minutes in heaven is better than no minutes in heaven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All that for that. Oh, goodness. I can't call Lee. I'm waiting on the double-double cross with him. I'm hoping 
he's going to double double cross, like double cross and then swing back on some level. I think he, hopefully by the end of this season, his loyalties will be laid in on Maeve. Maybe he'll start to believe in her if her end game plan sort of co- starts to come together and she actually has something going. Carriage. And now we see how the maze got carved in the dirt by Maeve's farmhouse. Exactly, Carriage. This is what we were talking about at the beginning here. Whatever you think of uh, Westworld for good or for bad, a complaint someone cannot make is that they make questions that never you never know the answers. That, that someone says, oh, it's just one of those fucking mystery shows that people... I won't say the L word again. Because I I don't want to I don't want to trigger you into sadness and and anger, but I think a lot of times, especially that is that hurt a lot of people and they don't want to get bit by shows. But I appreciate that. In I'm trying to think of examples where it hasn't yet. There's it's more like they introduce new ones. They always they always dot their eyes and cross their t's. Yeah, I said that right. I usually say it wrong. Oh my goodness. Damn it. Holy shit. Oh, thank you, DJ. <laughs> DJ also wanted to know if I was making up my three mile walk last night home. I, I said I said yes. Yes, I was exaggerating as I often do. It was two point eight miles. I was I rounded up. It wasn't quite three miles. <laughs> it is a journey journey inward. Ford. Okay, uh, am I almost to the Anthony Hopkins part? Because I want to talk about Anth- I want to fanboy out on Anthony Hopkins and how this is going to sound strange to people. I feel like Anthony Hopkins is more invested or understands his character more this season than last season. Ford was more of a part of last season, had a lot of really amazing points. But the couple of times now in these last two episodes we've seen Anthony Hopkins in, I don't know what it is. He just seems extra invigorated and really understanding his character even a little bit more. I don't know in season one if at times towards the beginning maybe he, and I'm not saying he mailed it in, but I think I've even heard him talking about how he didn't understand things quite. But seeing and having a time to watch the whole season one and then really pick apart his character and and take some even more ownership of it, which I think Anthony Hopkins has done at this point. He's embraced seeing that Westworld has its fan base and how being on a television show can be awesome. And I think I might be projecting here, but it seems like Anthony Hopkins, just the way his eyes are locked in, he just seems so fucking locked in right now in these last two episodes. Really engaged in a way I haven't seen him. And I'm not that he was bad, and this isn't anything saying he was bad last season. Just sometimes he seemed a little maybe disconnected and and going through his Anthony Hopkins isms to get through stuff. Where it's now he's finding a couple beats within the Ford character in this scene, seeing him truly have fear or conflict of knowledge and understanding that the Ghost Nation is a little something outside of his control. At least that's how I interpreted it, and, I'm, and I will talk about more of it when I when I play the scene. And also seeing him deal with the fact that he knows his mortality. And breaking down season one, everything we saw was from him talking to Bernard or in situations talking to Delos people. So he was always having to keep a mask on in some sort. But we actually got to see real Ford too. So it's a different layer. And seeing that actor wrinkle another layer where we saw a little bit more of Ford's insecurities there. And seeing Yoma Sam realizing that his life is coming to an end soon and he's having to do all these things and... 
I don't know. I I might be projecting a little bit, but Anthony Hopkins seems. I I want to start saying random uh, cliche. He's in it to win it, dog. Yo, uh, I'm hearing uh, he's not pitchy. He's uh, he's gonna win this whole competition. No, I'm saying weird things I heard in reality shows for on the American Idol years ago. <laughs> weird compliments, but no, he really seems locked into me. And he is looking younger, more more fit. Maybe he got some plastic, some good plastic surgery or something. No, hey, not Penny's boat. Charlie! Oh, I don't know why that just made me flash on Charlie. Fuck you. Fuck me for even bringing the L word up. Charlie! Charlie. You didn't have to go. Oh, it's always the numbers. Uh, I'll say it. I was lost in this episode, says DJ Woonwood. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I gotta, gotta, gotta do that. Where is it? Sorry, I got. I can't. I can't let this one pass. Where it is? Here, I gotta. I gotta do it for you, DJ. I gotta do that one more time. I'll say it. I I'll say it. I was lost in this episode. There we go. There we go. I gotcha. Ford was hiding in season one. In ten, in ten, he revealed season two. No hiding. He got his Viagra. They're probably shot separately, more than just all of them being filmed. You like it because it's sprinkling, because it's sprinkling Ford all around. <laughs> Our review definitely won't be three hours this week. He, he does look a little younger to me, as I said. Let's uh, let's go back here. <laughs> Love you guys in the live motherfucking chat. Thank you so much. So, I uh, can't promise that as the Men in Black is someone we can't stop. Okay, so basically he says that we can't, can't control the Men in Black, so I can't guarantee that your safety in this situation. Let's play a little bit more of this audio so I can do some hippie activities. Play more audio, damn it. No, 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 wrong audio. So, cutting heads with the maze. Let's see what this is. Oh, here we go. There we go. This is the scene I wanted to talk about. So then he's wandering around, and yay, he's in the credits. He's in the credits now. So he's another. So he's going to be a full-time cast member, I guess, for the next couple of episodes, or at least until. I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine as long as there's going to be flashbacks and weird timelines, them not using Anthony Hopkins for as long as he wants to be a part of this show in different times. Why? project his voice through somebody else or something like when you can just have Anthony Hopkins be on your show if you want him to be and he's fully willing there's no <laughs> there's no problem here I mean so I think we're going to see Anthony Hopkins part of this show for as long as this show exists and yeah I'm feel stupid to think well I guess in the preview in the trailer for the season we saw what seems to be for next episode when we see Anthony Hopkins walking down a hallway. And I believe we paused at that point. We were like, yeah, there's Anthony Hopkins. It's definitely him. He's definitely back this season. So I guess us, me, and you with the live motherfucking chat, we called this already. We all knew Anthony Hopkins was coming back. I'm just glad he's this much a part of the episode. I mean, this is an episode where there was so little focus on characters that we know. Maeve was there, and obviously in a lot of ways it was a big Maeve episode from her character's structural standpoint and with her and Sizemore and all that. But she, Maeve wasn't in this episode a lot. And Maeve didn't really get any dialogue, and it was through, more as a force of nature. She had a couple moments in the past, but really it was all about the Ghost Nation guy and that storyline. And But Ford... 
we saw Bernard. We saw uh, Dolores at one point in time. But Anthony Hopkins gets a big fucking scene. This was like season one shit where at a whole episode goes, and even if you're not feeling the episode, you know you got the Anthony Hopkins scene coming at some point in time. And here it was. And let's listen to it. <laughs> I got inside your mind, DJ. Steph says, Anthony Hopkins is so sexy. I love seeing them. Like, he wanted to see if he has the maze scalp as well. That Exactly, Bernie. I think... Uncle D, I thought he was going to get scalped to see if he had a maze scalp as well. <laughs> Ford wants to live forever, but he also wants to watch the shit hit the fan. I can't blame him. That's why we all watch TV. That's why most of you guys watch this shit show, right? Let's watch me. You want to see my head spin and see when I finally... Uh... Wait, what was I talking about? Who are you? <laughs> when I have that senior... When I start having my senior moments next year... <laughs> When I look like Santa Claus and I'm having my senior moments. Okay, so Ford's wardrobe is so perfectly tailored. He should rock that 24-7. That's one of those things, too. He looks even cooler this season in his, in his style. Don't call me daughter broke. Maeve wasn't talking because she was looking for her day, her daughter. I love the spotlights and the pause and the action. So dramatic. Let's continue here. Great. Let's listen to a little Anthony fucking Hopkins here. I could tell you not to be afraid. I didn't build you to be fearful. Did I? So the scene he walks up on, it's a giant bear with a bunch of Ghost Nation people, and it's all frozen. The basic cue that we know for it is around, and not cue from Star Trek. The cue... <laughs> Sorry. Second Star Trek reference of the day. Uh, go ahead, get my next generation one in there. Uh, it's the cue that we know it's Ford. Like once you see everyone paused like that, it's. I mean, I know other people can do it, but it is. It's really like Ford's calling card to superpower. I've been watching you. It appears you've been watching me as well. From the beginning. This is a misbegotten symbol, an idea that was. So I guess this is how I interpret this scene and people can correct me or if they interpret it differently, I'd be very interested to hear that Ford is surprised by this, that everything that we've seen so far with Ford, most things have happened within some varying degree of what he could predict would happen. The fact that the maze ended up all around the park is something that freaked him out a little bit. And I think at least how I read Hopkins in this scene played it like he was a little freaked out, like didn't know exactly how all of this happened. So he's trying to connect with this and, and almost having a Arnold-like fascination of, wow, Arnold's right about the potential of the hosts and all of that and how they can develop sentience themselves or whatever. I mean, I think this is a... This was one of the few times in the series that I can see Ford a little on tilt. Not, not on tilt, but a little not in complete control of the situation or an understanding of the situation. I could be wrong. I could be reading it completely incorrectly. But I thought that was what was interesting about the different layer that Hopkins played. Or maybe he was feeling like his time was short on this planet or something. But I don't know. I thought, I thought it was very cool. Very cool stuff. 
Deep thoughts with Phil, the issues guy. I love how I have the technical difficulties side during this type thing. <laughs> Situation. The best part for me was the titch shots and the naked host rooms. Thank you for evening things out as always, Tom. We got to always stay, stay to our, stay to our strengths here, Tom. I uh, yeah, four didn't know because he didn't find his nation dude at this scene of Arnold's death. If he did, he wouldn't have had this way. Yeah. So I think it's really cool to see because broke agrees with me. I'm taking that as fact. And, <laughs> but it is really interesting to see this side of Ford. It's just something we haven't seen too often at all. DJ says Ford almost saved this episode for me. Almost. Whoops. Sorry, gotta hear it again. I could tell you not to be afraid. I didn't build you to be fearful. Did I? I've been watching you. It appears you've been watching me as well. From the picking. Like right there. In the way. These are just subtle little things, and I know I'm breaking this down way too way too hard. I wanted to do this last week with Ford's speech, so I'm I'm kind of replaying some of my fantasies from last week with the horrible audio. But but these just little subtle vocal shifts he does, like right here, this what he's about to say right here with the the laugh, the holy shit, you surprise me, you you got no strings. It's this like oh my goodness, you, you fucking motherfucker. I could tell you not to be afraid. I didn't build you to be fearful. Did I? Did I? Say what again, motherfucker? I dare you. I double I've been watching you. It appears you've been watching me as well. Uh, you pair you've been watching me as well. That's when it gets really crazy. Let's take another call here. Sorry, uh, people People from the old time in the show will remember that sound. <laughs> that, that little ding, 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 ding sound. But welcome, ba welcome back to the show. How's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going great. I mean, we finally got to talk about Fords. It's like half of why I watch, half of the reason why I watch this show. <laughs> Isn't it great to have him back and just killing it in this scene and, and just showing different dynamics? What, what's your take on Ford in this episode or any comment or question you have? Take it away. Um. I mean, Ford in this episode appears surprised, but, well, one, we don't know when this is relative to anything, but you think about how much shit goes on in the park. The only thing you know is you know that it was before the events of the season finale of last season. We don't know at what stage during last season it was, but we know it's because he talks about Dolores, the uh, the Deathbringer. Is that what he called it? Yeah, the Deathbringer. Yeah. <laughs> I love that yeah. name for Dolores. I, I, I well, want to... <laughs> Sorry, I was it's, just going to... No, it's cool. It's, um, it's like he... like At that point, he kind of had a... It's like he had a vague plan to like end the park. Yup. Like, Death. Deathbringer comes back. I'm like, oh shit! He's been thinking about this for a long time. I want to see a really, uh, I want to see a a really awesome, like, nice picture of Dolores with just the name Deathbringer under it. I am Deathbringer. Oh, the picture I have on the screen right now. I need to take the technical difficulties <laughs> on and just go, just put Deathbringer right there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. It, we start to see Dolores. Yeah, Dolores. Dolores. Just a literal meme. <laughs> it's awesome because, yeah, we're starting to see Ford's 
foundation of his plan of putting together his end game for season one. And we're get, it makes this episode was one of those things that made season one better. It made elements of season one a better better thing because it informed more information. It filled in even more of the gaps. Just uh, so fucking awesome to have Anthony Hopkins back. Yeah. It um, humanized Ford, too, because from, like, all of season one, he's more of, like, an, more of a godlike figure within the park because he has total control. I mean, he, I mean, literally has a host grab William and stop him from stabbing him. Yep, and actually getting to see him as more of a real human. A re- again, to use my thing I said a couple times, like a real boy, to see Ford with some of the... The wrinkles or the the sparks, like seeing him more more in a defensive position, is really cool, and uh, and uh, and allows Anthony Hopkins to play with it even more, and uh, just really awesome shit, dude. Yeah, he like in. I think Ant, I think Hopkins finally in like finally understood what Ford is because a lot of like Ford Ford like Ford described the park as a place to see where people what people really are. And it's like, okay, and now with Bellis' shit added into the mix, you're like, oh. So it's like, I don't know how complacent Ford is into that, like, if that fit within Ford's greater image for the park. If he even had one, he may have just been like, hey, you want to go make robots? Yeah, and who knows if that type of thing... Uh, when he starts to see things like what's happening with the Ghost Nation, those kind of things set him up to understand and start to look at things more from uh, Arnold's perspective and what Arnold's influences him about the potential of the park and the potential of the hosts becoming more sentient beings. You can see Ford in that moment be like, it's almost that laugh to him, the line I played over and over again, is almost mm-hmm. him saying Arnold's right. It's almost him going, oh, fuck, Arnold's right. They'll find a way. Life life finds, or like the uh, the Jurassic Park line, life finds a way. It, it will. It will always find a way, man. Uh, Awesome, yeah. call, awesome calls all. Any anything else to say about Ford in this episode? I mean, yeah, Ford, like Ford talking about um, what he talked about harkens back to when he like did the chalkboard scene with um, Bernard last season, talking about um, him saying he couldn't figure out the last part, but the way he said it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. No, really, really awesome stuff, man. And thank you so much for your calls. I will talk to you very soon, buddy. Thanks. Later. I think we had another caller calling on in as well. So if you want to call back in, definitely do that. So let's continue. We'll zip through the end of this episode and then open things up a little bit at the end as I'm a little bit babbly at the moment. So cutting heads with the maze. Okay, so uh, let's listen to more. Let's listen to the rest of Ford. From the beginning. From the beginning. This is a misbegotten symbol, an idea that was meant to die, but you found it. Where? Oh, come now, let's speak plainly to one another, shall we? Analysis. Where did you first see this? And then he's like, I'm the I'm not toothless here in this fight. Time to uh time to undress you, motherfucker. When the Deathbringer killed the Creator. You've been sharing it with everyone, haven't you? Why? My primary drive was to maintain the honor of my tribe. 
I gave myself a new drive to spread the truth. What truth is that? That there isn't one world, but many, and that we live in the wrong one. This will help them find the door. It's true, Nicholas. I I could honestly of yada yada most of this episode and just spent most of the time just analyzing what Ford says. I almost wanted to go back and re-record the audio from Ford last episode because I didn't get a chance to do this and just play it and listen to it again because I don't care. I love listening to Anthony Hopkins, especially when he's engaged in a part. And in these days, in his latter half of his career, I agreed with. Joe's complaint about Anthony Hopkins where he says sometimes he feels like he mails in his performance. He's just like, I'm Anthony Hopkins. I'm giving it a performance. I don't necessarily agree with that a thousand percent except for movies like The Mask of Zorro maybe or, or some, some shit like that. But he's not doing that in this. He's trying. He's putting in like lots of effort and showing multiple layers. And I think Ford's one of his most interesting characters he's ever played. And is different than some of the other things he's played, especially in his appearances in season two. I think season two Ford shows a lot more sides, a little bit more openly vicious with the Bernard Joker shoulder. A lot of things have been doing this. Jessica Jones played with a similar device. It all, excuse me, comes from the first thing recently I remember doing it is, is a Batman video game, one of the Arkham games. Excuse me, I don't want to spoil shit. But uh, but anyways, I I appreciate seeing that side of Ford. I appreciate seeing Anthony Hopkins. Anyways, sure, Anthony is the man. Joe is wrong, and I think we all need to. Joe loves it when we talk about him, even when he's not here. <laughs> so for Joe's opinion on Anthony Hopkins, I give him one of these. Shut the fuck up, Joe. Shut the fuck up, Joe. Shut the fuck up, Joe. Okay. <laughs> that gave me that gave me enough stall time. Shut the fuck up, Joe. Uh where is this? Bam. There we go. There we go. I'm back. I'm back. Hopkins makes the character honestly uh most actors couldn't pull off forward off he's an oddity a god but very aware and very mortal and also the character ford needs to have that evil switch that someone like hopkins because of some of the characters he's played in the past whether it be titus from shakespeare or obviously hannibal uh uh i was gonna say hannibal o'neill no uh hannibal hannibal uh hannibal the cannibal (laughs) hannibal lecter Sorry, I'm so used to saying Hannibal O'Neill from the live by the fucking chat. It's tough for me to uh, not say O'Neill after I say Hannibal. But uh, Hannibal Lecter, he has that built-in rep of being able to snap into being a really evil character, so to speak. And, and having that built into his acting performance and some of the moves that Ford makes in season one especially. It's, it's a built-in gravitas Anyways, enough of enough enough of this uh, this labia licking of uh, Ford here. I mean, I, I could sit here and and lick his lick his hind parts all night, and I would metaphorically, of course. 
metaphorically lick his hind parts in an acting sense. But it is fucking awesome getting to be able to see. It's one of those things that some shows give you that when you have awesome actors on TV shows. You feel like... You feel like you're getting something extra because you're used to only seeing them in movie performances and stuff and seeing them on a week-to-week show and seeing it now two weeks in a row with Ford actually being in the episode. I mean, three, but you know, two weeks in a row of really being in the episode. I start to f- get those feelings that I had last season where I feel like, holy shit, I'm getting to see Anthony Hopkins every week on a show right now. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck. I love TV nowadays. I love that. I love that TV is is a place where you get these awesome actors that that will do television shows. So, blah 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 blah. Enough of that. Who would not want to pull off Anthony Hopkins? Ew, milk that cow blindfold. Who would want to pull off Anthony Hopkins? Ew, milk that cow blindfold. Says Michael Palmer. Didn't I say hi to you twice already? Today? Oh, TDA. Great to see you. Slap that like button. This episode could have been wrapped up in 15 minutes. One one not feeling the episode, but I love sharing all perspectives. One uh, one sometimes the journey is part of the experience. Mark in the live chat. Great to see all of our folks in there. And I'm going to, uh, I see that, Jay, and I will play those in a little bit. Okay, so Ford can't quite believe it. Let's play a little bit more. Elaborate, please. Tell me. I believe there is a door. What door? In this place, a door to a new world, and that world may contain everything that we have lost, including her. I built you to be curious, to look at this empty world and read meaning into it. The music changed. Someone was talking, uh, our caller was talking about the, uh, the, the music earlier and just like the subtle switches in the music in great to see Azimuth games in here as well. Popping on in earlier for a quick high. Good to see all of our friends in the live mother fucking chat. But the music shift in this scene was incredible. Omegatron said that. Yeah, Omegatron was talking about the music in his fir- in his first call, and it's just the subtle little shift in music tone is when Ford's talking, and and this slight evil twing to it all is just really effective. And yeah, I get that because half the time when I'm talking about this show, I'm making shit up. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about with this show. I'm uh, I'm throwing shit at a wall and maybe some of it will stick and with the help of you guys in the live motherfucking chat maybe we'll make some sense of this madness. <laughs> so let's continue here. All this time you've been a flower growing in the darkness. So again, surprise, a flower growing in the darkness, an actual host that's figuring things out itself without the reveries, without anything, without or no, I guess with the rever- the reverie up- update, but no, this host has been around for 10 years figuring this stuff out. So this is before Ford introduced that. So this is a host finding its understanding of the world in a different way altogether than what happened with Dolores or what happened with Maeve so, or any of, the, any of the rest. I think that there lies the interest in this episode. Yeah, it's 
an information-based episode. I stretched to use that word filler because I think it has a negative connotation. And I know that's what DJ's, DJ's like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. But I think it more of a texture world-building episode to show how things aren't exactly what they seem. That that Ford in control of everything and is he the one setting all of this in motion? Maybe from a certain extent to what Dolores is setting in motion or you, but with what's happening with this ghost nation, dude, this is something completely out of his control that he wasn't aware that was happening. And there's probably other things like that happening around. And I think that's why this episode's important. Whether you like what happened in it or not, couple of episodes later, at the end of the season, after these final two episodes, DJ or anyone else that's not feeling this episode will, and I don't mean to call you out, DJ, but anyone that's not feeling this episode, you'll remember very little of the specifics of this episode, but you'll be glad that that information's there, and you won't even remember that you didn't like it, or whatever, and you won't even remember it as an episode. You'll skip over it in your mind, and you'll think about the highlights of the way the season ended, and just having that information makes the world and makes the experience better, and some people dig these kind of episodes. Some people don't, and I like that Westworld will go there and especially in this season, they've done it a couple times this season where it's an episode that doesn't move things along quickly. The main narrative of this timeline going to the, the Valley of Beyond storyline. It ultimately is just about world building for the five year run of this show and making the texture of this world bigger. And I'm awesome with that. But I totally get where DJ11 is coming from and why this may not be his kind of episode and what he wants. Because this show is so all over the place with types of episodes and can appeal to different people on different levels. This, him not liking this episode isn't going to make him, I'm going to fuck this, I'm not tuning in this show next week. No, it's just that this one wasn't the one for me. And uh, and I won't be rewatching this one. But some of us felt, you know, felt differently and it's, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, DJ doesn't like 50 First Dates. I am totally, uh, <laughs> I'm totally calling, D- I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm putting DJ on the spot here, but. The reveries are an old code, so if a host isn't updated properly or wiped fragments can remain. So the reveries, see, I, I, this is where I guess I'm a misunderstanding that I thought the reveries were something that happened around the time of first season that were, they were in an update that he, that he let out. So with the 10 year guy. He just over 10 years, because he wasn't updated, started naturally having reveries. So perhaps, I'm just speculating here. Oh, wait, this is where I should put my Miss Cleo music on and think about making a video about this. Dun, 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 dun. So, my theory is, maybe this is what caused Ford to do the update with the reveries. Follow me here. So he meets this host that's been around for 10 years and starting to have flashbacks and realize the lives that led before those 10 year points and he thinks wow that led this host to a sense of sentience and because it led him to a sense of sentience I should probably do a similar thing to let my end game plan go through so by doing that I'm going to introduce this reverie code to reintroduce the memories of the other past hosts and by doing that it will unlock it so that's why this meeting is important. This actually influenced Ford's decision making and created the idea of the reveries. And right now, you're within the looking glass with Phil. Oh, yeah. Oh.
So yeah, this is, you want people wonder why I don't do theory videos because I can't do it serious. But no, I I honestly think that might be a possibility. <laughs> no. Excuse, I did my Miss Cleo. That's Miss Cleo predictions with Phil the Issues guy. Thank you for tuning into this video. I'm gonna cut this part of this review and release just that. <laughs> people are like, fuck you. You're right, but you're an asshole. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Prick. Arnold made them Ford reintroduce them. Thank you, Nick Nicholas. So Arnold made them Ford reintroduce them. So uh, so again, perhaps this influenced him. So no, maybe I won't release my amazing theory. The host was alive during the original update and wasn't completely maintained due to not dying. So the code just remained within him. So I guess what I'm saying could still possibly be true that Ford goes, and that's when he smiles and go, huh, wow, those reveries are still there, that maybe that could have sparked the idea within him to reintroduce that code again i'm gonna go with that dog says solid gold solid gold theory tell me in the live chat if you guys think i should release that as a theory make a theory video about that <laughs> or release just that section no i should probably no i should probably do it on my own i should probably do it but no i could just cut that out whatever anyways so ford's head apparently what was that thing that he saw what was the thing that he saw? Anyone? Ford's head, apparently. When I see people using words like masterclass to refer to this episode, I can't help but second guess how much I liked it. That's that's the punk rock in you, Tom. You, uh, and what was that thing he saw? He was sawing off someone's head, right? Wasn't he? Must have did that after Bernard and people came through. The host was alive during, okay, so 50, 51 first dates is the, or 50 first dates of the movie with Arnold. Michael Palmer, love your work. You're a funny guy. Oh, thank you, Michael Palmer. I really do appreciate that. And and I appreciate you guys. I appreciate even if there's one person watching, but I appreciate more than anything all you guys in the live chat babbling away and all the people that check out the show. So thank you so much, Michael Palmer. That means a fucking lot. SM says, do it, Phil. Make a theory. Nicholas says, Phil, your theory is actually solid based on what we have. Dog, a few of us thought it was good too. Okay, I'm going to do it before 20 other people do it. <laughs> I'll just release that part of the video because, you know, that will really get people to love my theory. No, I'll do it for serious. Okay. So, uh, so then we, uh, then when Deathbringers returns, uh, he's ready to go, he's ready to, for go time. So let's listen to the end of what he says. Perhaps the least I can do is offer some light. When the Deathbringer returns for me, you will know. Okay, so this is interesting. When the Deathbringer returns for me. So at this point, he already knows that... He already knows at some level what he's going to be doing. So uh, when the, so he already knows Dolores one day will come for him. Or that setup is going to happen. To gather your people and lead them to a new world. Keep watching, Akichita, for a while longer. <laughs> what? what do you, I'm broke. I'm not sure I know what you mean. Fuck the theory video. Do a do a F I I P. What's a, what's an F I I P? Spell it out. I, I'm not. I'm not sure I know what that is. <laughs> Do a something issues program, FI issues program. 
a fuck it, a fuck it issues program. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nicholas. This is the, honestly the best part of my weekend too. I I love being able to come out here. So much fun to do all of this babbery stuff, but being able to come out and talk to you guys in the live chat is the highlight of my weekend as well. Yeah, what is this flip you speak of? I, I like literally. You want me to do a flip? I'm th- I'm thinking it's initials, an F I something. A flip, like liter- like a literal flip. <laughs> so so Deathbringer is gonna come back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the live chat. So uh, I'm sorry, audio listeners. I know I sh- I know we do have some people that do listen to our audio podcast, and I don't show you guys enough love. So thank you to all the people that subscribe on iTunes or on Podbean directly there. And if you want to find out how you can do that, you can see it in the description box below. It's ba- it, I don't edit any of the audio of the show. The only thing I'm going to edit out of this week is the false start intro. <laughs> Same with on the YouTube video. I'm gonna c- cut out the intro video, which means the live chat replay won't work. But I, but I'm not gonna start out the video with the silence thing. As funny as that was, I have to cut that out. But, but yeah. So, but ultimately, it's the same same cast. Sometimes I throw in a few extra little pre-show or post-show bullshit but if anyone if anyone listens to the audio cast and you ever want to join us live subscribe to the youtube channel and other way around if you ever want to just miss part of the show and want to just listen to an audio version of it while you're doing your bullshit every week you can always subscribe on itunes leave us comments and ratings there it helps more people find the show okay blubbity blubbity bullshit bloody taking off it'll take care a Megatron. I'll see you next week. Hopefully, thank you so much for the calls, buddy. Uh, really does add a lot to the show, so I do appreciate that. You are the man. Ford had it planned, buddy. Let him remain. So they were, uh, they were, because they served a purpose, even if it was only entertainment. Or he planned that interaction too. Whoa! Check your insurance first <laughs> before I flip. Do a l- flip like Tyrion? Like you want me to do? Yeah, like a backflip into the sea like Tyrion. <laughs> I mean that will get subscribers for, for, for sure I'll definitely get more subscribers that way So <laughs> Too funny Okay so then Deathbringer returns And uh, when he returns Do your shit So then we see that the man in black's daughter is there Emily Excuse me She starts begging for his life And eventually They agree and she go- He goes with her it's time to go. I've always kept you safe. Oh, sorry. that I didn't really capture any audio of the men. Excuse me. I got the hiccups again. Oh, shit. <laughs> I managed to keep off the hiccups for a while, but they're back. So, scare me quickly. One of you guys in the live chat, scare me. It doesn't really work. So, at this point, the man in black's daughter comes in. She- she bargains for her father's life and she gets him the hell out of there. Maeve's daughter is very happy to just be done with her. I mean, to be done with the man in black. And then we see uh, we see dude talking to Maeve's daughter one more time. And he says, it's time to... G- Excuse me. Fuck. 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 Fuckity fuckity balls. Fuck. Fuck you. Asshole body, don't hiccup. <laughs> this is the most fucked up stream. We get the, si- 
the silent beginning, and now we have the hiccup conclusion. The hiccup conclusion. You're like, yeah, I like this show till he started hiccup, hiccuping and hiccuping and hiccuping. <laughs> and I was well. Okay, DJ, losers, listen. Is the uh, Phil, I got someone from your Discord pregnant. You scared? Holy shit! Ah! Broke. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to me, buddy. Good. <laughs> Drink or smoke? Boo. <laughs> Those hiccups away. Destroy them. Don't, no one wants to hear you have hiccups. They don't want to hear it. Fortunately, we're almost at the end of this episode. So we flash back to Maeve in horrible shape. All, or we flash over to Maeve in horrible shape. All bloody. And we see that her code is getting downloaded. And then we have this scene with our evil... <laughs> we have this scene with our evil Charlotte... And our tech, flack, uh, little la little lackey over here, fucking lackey, son of a fuck, backy shit crack, backy fuck. Good news, because I've got way more shit than I can shovel right now. Look at this. With every reset, a host's code reaches out to other nearby hosts and establishes a sort of handshake protocol. A mesh network. Exactly. They access it subconsciously to pass basic data to one another. But what if they could pass more than data? What if they could pass commands? Get to your point. Nobody in this entire park has been able to regain admin access. Except for her. She was out there reprogramming hosts on the fly, reading their code, changing their directives. Seeing through their eyes. She wasn't just doing it out there. She's doing it right now. Phil, what was the thing that Ghost Nation saw? I'm guessing it was the Splendid... Yeah, it was the weapon, the, the great weapon that the Men in Black built. It was covered up when he went back. What was it? I'm so clueless. I don't know. It's some way... It's some big weapon of some sort. I'm not sure. There's a lot of theories out there on what it could be. I'm kind of clueless at this point. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Ed Harris can't die. He's fucking Ed Harris. Am I... <laughs> Seeing Phil's way better this episode. I like how they didn't know about the upgrade until the oh, until the Akita uh, was was killed. It does not keep up with the patches. They totally don't, and they don't keep up. They're they're horrible at their job. They're so fucking horrible at their job, D. And holy shit, that upside down nonsense actually worked. I shouldn't I shouldn't say that too soon, but I think I've I think I've curled the problem. Curled the problem? I don't know. I just thought about the game curling. Just finishing watching the episode. This is fucking how you introduce a backstory. Learn from it, Walking Dead. And this is how you do a slow down episode, too. Phil. Oh, yeah. I uh, already read that one. If I were his kid, I'd just let him die. Whoa, what's going on here? What do we got? What do we got, do we got going on? Let's scroll over here. What do we got? We got okay, we'll let, we'll let Jay leave one more message, and then we'll uh, then we'll play Jay's messages here at the end. I just want to finish up talking about this Charlotte scene. So then Charlotte and uh, the tech explain why Maeve is awesome and what she can do, and Charlotte is like, she's doing it now. The fuck is she talking to? She's doing it. Dog Sidious. That's a really awesome name, by the way. That's a really awesome screen name. Uh, every, Bernie the Blunt. 
uh, AME Martinez is in there live on the fucking The Men in Black is still alive. Takes me out of it a little bit. Uh, we were talking about that earlier, E. Martinez, uh, that it's a little weird that the uh, Men in Black is still kicking. And it does take you out of it a little bit. Ed Harris is awesome. And I almost... I'm almost forgiving in my television. It's I'm having television delusional behavior because I like an actor and I like a performance. And I'm like, okay, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Uh, huh, what's going on? Yeah, Ed Harris totally is alive. Yep. Okay, he's fine. Just like last season where he got hurt in the finale of last season and he's okay five minute, two, two days later. I'm just like, yep, I like Ed Harris. It's cool. I'll see you later. I'm going to go watch the Truman Show. I mean, it's just one of those things that you almost accept you have to. Uh, come, let me upgrade you. <laughs> Th thanks, your brother. Thanks, Phil. Have a great Monday. Got to wake up at 5 in the morning. Steph, talk to you very soon. Got a lot of fun stuff coming up this weekend. I believe I can confirm it, but this Wednesday I will be on another YouTube channel uh, talking about... Uh, I'll be with uh, Gemma on The Secrets of Citadel interviewing con snow with her so if anyone has any questions they'd like me to talk about con snow is the john snow cosplayer and i'm really excited and all of that i'm pretty sure it's definitely happening on wednesday i am not sure if it's officially been uh confirmed for the date but i'm like 95 percent sure wednesday at 7 p.m eastern standard time on secrets of citadel i will be there with her with Gemma and con snow and if anyone has any questions you'd like me to ask him and I know, Steph, you may make sure you either join us there, but but uh, we're going to try to pre-ask, pre-package the questions. So if you have any definite questions, you know how to reach me privately on Facebook. So message me there, jump in my DMs or anybody else. Feel free to email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. Message me privately on Discord or tweet me or anything like that. If you have any questions, you know you may want to ask that dude and check, look him up. You can uh, just look, just Google Con, Con Snow and you'll see his Instagram and uh, all that sort of fucking shit. So yeah, blah, 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 blah. Hopefully I'll see some of you guys over there on Tuesday and also tomorrow. Not on on I mean on Wednesday excuse me on Wednesday evening Wednesday evening at seven Tuesday I will be recording with a podcast and uh, that episode will be out we'll be talking about the Big Lebowski the Real Rant podcast which I'm very excited to be joining those guys as well so a couple of really fun things happening this week and also I'm going to try to get out here to do one stream to talk a little bit finally to do a follow up on uh, the vacation streams and maybe a couple of drunky adventure streams as well so we'll see blah 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 are there any fill the issues guy cosplayers yet i hope so he's gonna set the record for getting shot in the arm but they went a little too far in this one hey martinez man in black is a host that's why he's alive have a good night steph you heard that right slide into my dm slide on in <laughs> birdie says kyle's pregnant i've i saw that I'm also might be joining Kyle or no, I'm not sure if uh, maybe this weekend be joining Kyle and uh, and Gemma for something else as well. So uh, look forward to talk to both of those guys. You heard it. Yep. Slide on in. Con, Con of Thrones bring YouTubers together. It, it 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 did. It was a good time and it was a good time to make a lot of connections. And I have a couple of fun crossovers and new projects maybe coming out very soon that I think people are going to enjoy. And uh, I, I don't want to talk too much about that stuff, but I do have a, uh, a some something new coming up in the works that I think is going to be 
a lot of fun and get me to talk a lot more about Game of Thrones too. Okay, anyways, so Charlotte comes in and they explain it all and she ultimately says that she's going to try to use this power for his good, for her own benefit by downloading the code back to the end of this episode. But she also realizes that Maeve is controlling things. They got that Sioux City uh, sarsaparilla dog. No, Bernie. I like other people's kids so I can go home. I, I don't want to. I got, I got dogs and cats. I don't need any kids of my own. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm the baby. <laughs> I don't want to share my playroom with a kid. I don't, I don't No. No. Crying all day. No, no, no. I'm the one that cries all day. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> So we see that Maeve at some point in time, this is what I need to rewatch the episode, and people in the live chat, if you have any opinion, at what point does Maeve start controlling him? Is she controlling him the whole time from the whole discussion with the daughter? And... But no, because some of the memories are his memories. So I don't know. Is it just at the end there that she starts to connect with and, and take over the body of uh, in the, or just to control what he's saying in that moment? Or is she influencing him the whole time to be? Not, but no, because he already has the built in relationship with the daughter. I don't know. I don't know when exactly that started. I'm sure you can tell a little easier if you watch Maeve during those scenes of when she's doing something else or just sort of controlling in her another place. But I think it's cool. Maybe it was the whole time. Maybe it wasn't. But either way, it was an awesome reveal. Good topper to the end of the episode. And I think, as I mentioned before, the beginning half of this episode, I did not like as much as the end half. The end half really topped it off really well. Everything from the Ford scene on was incredible. And I think the beginning half of the episode really added to the texture and the overall dynamic of the episode. I think this is a good third to last episode because you can't go balls to the wall in all three of these episodes. These final two, I think, really are going to do two things. Conclude a big part of this season arc and I think ultimately going to kill Charlotte and I don't think she makes it through all of this. I think we get Dolores killing Charlotte, which I really do hope or maybe even Maeve making a decision doing something fucking outside of her comfort zone. Um, But I think it also is going to be setting up whatever and I don't think they've completely done that yet, setting up where this goes in future seasons. Uh, this show's already been confirmed for the next season already for season three and ultimately I think we'll get five seasons I, I truly believe HBO will give this show and will give the Nolans uh, Nolan and Joy Joyful Nolan they'll give them whatever they want to do to tell this story to a certain extent maybe the final season if the show's ratings dip which I hope it won't but if it did maybe in the final season they'll give them less episodes the last season will be like ten ep uh, seven episodes instead of ten or some crap like that but Ultimately, I do think H, and it also depends on how well the Game of Thrones prequel series do, if they can keep affording to pay for Westworld because they're making bank money with Game of Thrones. But whatever, I do think that we're going to get our whole story. So we also need to see some sort of push to what's going to be happening for next season. So I think it's very exciting going in these final two episodes. It's going to be a fun, crazy couple of, uh, couple of weeks here talking about this show as it concludes and yeah 
Let's go in the live motherfucking chat one more time here. VF says, Dolores wants to erase the human cradle. Peter Abernathy control unit has a decryption key and access on it. Phil wants to be an immature one. Maeve's being controlled by Ford. It's all Ford. Can't, yeah, I do want to be the immature one. Can't blow your load. Amanda Stewart, lots of love to you. Same to you, dog. HBO should buy Cobra Kai from YouTube. I think Cobra Kai... I very, it's very possible that this channel might turn into a complete Cobra Kai channel <laughs> at some point in time. And uh, and that's the end of our episode. Honestly, scenes from next week's episode looked pretty fucking incredible. And I'm extremely excited about these final two episodes of the season. Almost more excited than I've been about a lot of shows and a lot of uh, highlights. I can't wait to see, considering how they ended last season... And at such a high that they put it put it at, I'm very curious where all of this ends. Is it going to end at a big what the fuck? Is it going to end on something where it keeps asking more questions than not? Or is it going to more project for the future rather than finish it? I'm cool with five seasons. I think that's the plan. I do have a couple more spins for the super chatters on the drunk walk home. And I also got to play, play Jay's messages here. Where we got? Uh, the people aren't here. It's your pick, so I'm going to spin again for them since they're not here to watch it. And uh, let's play. Uh, let's also play Jay's messages. There you go, Jay. Let's play your fucking messages, motherfucker. Volume. Oh, he's, li- he's listening to me at the end of the call. Okay, so that's that's not the one. That that was uh, his first fake message. Let's listen to this one. Um, I just wanted to let you know. Uh, I saw an article that said Maggie was coming back for season nine. So uh, hey, there's still hope on that show. <laughs> we got a walking dead comment right there. That says drum fun, drum fun. It's a little late for some drum fun, but uh, I got I got to do a little bit. The wheel says so. Sorry about the drum fun being less than loud. I tend to like to play loud, but there's just a little taste of some drum fun because it's very late here and I have someone sleeping right above me tonight. So I had to be a little quieter with the drum fun, but there's a little bit and you got one more spin the wheel. Spin that fucking wheel one more time. Bang that drum. More questions and what the fuck is my opinion? It landed on drum fun again. Like, I'm not making that up. It really did. Let's see if we can see it even closer. It definitely landed on drum fun again. So I guess I got to do one more little drum fun. Let's see. Let's, let's, let's do this. Like, let's do a little different. Let's do a little different because I can't just do the same thing.
Sorry, but sorry about the the lack of again. Sorry about the lack of drum lack of loud drum fun. Hopefully that was all right. But anyways, I will uh, promise you guys a louder drum solo in the future. I'm just one of those people that louder is always better. <laughs> but sometimes it's tough to play uh, to play drums at one in the morning. So anyways, Bernie the Blunt, have a great night. Maybe I should make a podcast about some. Maybe I should do a podcast about serious shit. You definitely have a lot of really awesome takes. Gonna end at the beginning where Bernard said she killed them all. My guess, I agree. More questions than what the fuck is my opinion. I feel like I should be sitting at a native campfire with the drums. Everybody, I'm gonna basically be wrapping things up now. Anyways, you guys have been an amazing audience tonight. So much appreciation to you guys for joining me tonight to babble about this episode. Thank you for the to servicing the technical difficulties at the beginning of the episode and some of the goofy silliness and me being a little hungover today as well. I really do appreciate it. Good night, Bernie. Good night to Tom. Good night to Dog. Good night to Michael, DJ, Nicholas, Amanda, Tom, Jay, all of you guys, Amanda, VW, Broke. You guys have been amazing. Steph Snow, who's already gone to bed, but to you as well. And if you haven't already and you enjoyed this video, wait, is that the music? Yeah, here it is. Please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please share the channel with a friend. Help us keep growing. Please, please email me any questions or comments you might have at igotissuesman at gmail.com. You're in the Boston area. You want to me to come out to a bar and meet you and have a drink if you happen to be in the Boston area message me let me know when and where I'll you know come out and I'll have a couple of drinks with you eat a sandwich next to you now I'll eat my own sandwich but I'll stand next to you while you eat a sandwich too but no feel free to always email me do whatever you can call in 24 hours a day 7 days a week 781-990-8509 I don't care what state you're in Meaning, like, not location, but, like, also what mental state you're in. You can always call in. Please do. And, like, I appreciate it. Let me know. I, I guess I should do a theory video on that fucking shit. <laughs> but, everybody, I will be back very soon for more silliness. Will Maeve die next episode? No. No. I don't. Don't have fucking nightmares. Don't do it. Don't do it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. No. I don't want to go. I don't want to go, 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 go. I don't want to motherfucking, motherfucking go. Good night, everybody.